What up, what up, what up? We're live from the Slapdick Cigar Lounge and Studio. About to get it cracking on this Workbook Wednesday. Chase Sr. joins me in a few minutes. Uh, later on in the show, Matt McChesney will join me. Both of those guys will join me in the second hour. We're going to get this thing, this party started. Uh, appreciate everybody joining in. Come on in. Um, yes, sir, indeed. Can't wait to get into it. Uh, lots to discuss, lots to discuss. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code COACHJB. Um, CandidateCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB, all caps. Get you 20% off. Welcome bonus. And betonline.ag. I'm sitting right here at my poker table right here in the cigar bar, in the cigar lounge, the slapdick cigar lounge. Um, and I got the candle lit behind me because uh, I'm about to light up a stick. Got my coffee. Got my morning cigar, my coffee. About to get in, at, get it going. Um, can't wait. Betonline.ag, all the betting going on. NBA is back in full swing tomorrow. We got uh, hockey in full swing, baseball spring training, UFC, MMA, you name it. We got it all, short, fat, skinny, and tall. Make sure you guys head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code COACH, or excuse me, BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get you 50% off. Uh, Lots to discuss. First of all, let me get you started with the quote of the day. You are allowed to be a masterpiece both a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously you are allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously if you didn't know that a lot of you cats are like man i'm a work in progress i'm 22. (laughs) i'm 30. your life don't even begin till you're 30 years old just so we're clear you are allowed to be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time just so everyone's clear no one has to be a fucking masterpiece uh already you got a lot of work to do one step at a time can't wait to get into this though contrary to belief brought to you by candidatecbd.com contrary to belief if you don't go after what you want you'll never have it if you don't go after it you'll never have it contrary to belief if you don't ask the answer will always be no the answer will always be no if you don't ask nobody and if you don't step forward you'll always be in the same place if you don't take gradual steps you're going to sit in the same fucking place it's like quicksand your ass is going to be sitting there um lots of discuss here appreciate everybody joining me on this work boot wednesday uh, appreciate everybody going and watching these shows man they they, they uh we're going to get after just having a we're going to have a real real deal uh let's see here We're gonna have a real deal situation, and uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be good good. Uh, let me see here. Let me get this. Uh, let me get this situation ready up. Uh, where's my lighter at? God damn. Running around, fuck around, left the lighter somewhere, right? Um one second. I gotta get my lighter, man. I gotta get my 
Here we go. Now I can go make coffee right here at the bar. Uh, you know, I got it cracking. I'm right right here live. We're on TikTok now. I haven't been on TikTok in a minute. Um, but we're live in the Slapstick Cigars Lounge studio to be right here on this Work Boot Wednesday. Chase Senior is going to join me. Lot to discuss this morning. We got a lot to dive into. Uh, we're chilling today. You ain't got shit else to do anyway, so you might as well join the party. We're going to chill, break down, watch some sports, talk some sports. Work boot Wednesday. What does that mean? Well, you should ask a lot of Division One coaches who took that shit and adopted it and used the mechanic shirt to practice and in games and used the hard hat. I used to actually wear the hard hat at practice. So work boot Wednesday is what? What is Wednesday's known for? Hump day, right? Everybody bitch, bitches and moans about hump day. Wednesday. Everybody comes lackadaisical. Everybody comes to work on Monday, on Wednesdays, lazy. Can't get over the hump. It's hump day. So I came up with something. I called it Work Boot Wednesday. I said, hey, it's Work Boot Wednesday. Let's strap on our hard hats, put on our work boots, and let's go get it. So it gives you a little motivation to get the day going. Work Boot Wednesday. That's why I called it Work Boot Wednesday. Uh, everywhere I've coached, and a lot of you guys call it Hump Day. I call it Work Boot Wednesday, and we're here to get it going. Uh, appreciate everybody joining me here live on YouTube. Pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, you ain't got shit else to do this morning. Shit. Six in the morning on the West Coast. I already got a stick. Got my coffee. Getting it cracking. Set up right here live from the studio. Uh, if you don't see this right here, it says, because you don't know. That's what the motherfucker said. See that? Because you don't know. Coach AB. <laughs> Motherfuckers act like they know everything. You don't know. You cats don't know shit. Got hung up on for the second time this week. Uh, like, come on, man. Let's be real. Let's break this down. Whitlock hung up on me. All right. Whitlock hung up on me. And then Kansas City Radio 610 hangs up on me yesterday a lot of you may have listened to it some of you may have not go listen uh unemployed on uh, tiktok does it look like i'm unemployed homie <laughs> i love dick riders they're my biggest fans uh you know Shout out to Steve Mack. Uh, so, so Whitlock hung up on me, right? He got a little heated conversation. I don't think it's any big deal, but, you know, it is what it is. And then yesterday, this Kansas City fanboy base who are, you know, pissed off at me or whatever because I tell the truth and they can't handle the truth. Well, they are actually upset um, at me. So guess what happens? 610 AM radio in Kansas City reaches out to me, reaches out to me and want me to come on the show. So I think they got butt hurt when I said, before we start, have you guys played football before? Have you coached football before? Have you played at any type of level other than youth pop Warner? 
So of course they could not understand, would not answer because they're just talkers. They just talk. Like all they do is talk and they won't let you talk. And I broke down factual evidence. They did not want to hear that early in the morning, I guess, in Kansas City. And the motherfucker hung up. (laughs) He hung up. And then I heard they kept talking shit about me after the fact when I broke down. This is how sad the the, he was a fanboy. I called him a fanboy. He told me on the radio, Mahomes is a top three quarterback already. And I said, well, listen, I'm not going to call you anything like stupid or anything. I'm just going to say you don't know football. And that motherfucker hung up. He got mad. Uh, It is what it is. It is what it is. So I'm not really tripping. But that's the latest uh, thing. You know, Kansas City fan base hangs up the phone. Uh, Johnny Luke said, I coach your nephew in Cabrillo. Shout out to you. Um, So it is what it is. Uh, Jamar, we're all... We're still on whatever I say we're on, homie. It's my show. Now, unless you want to come over and produce the show, then shut the fuck up. (laughs) Love the new Cigar Lounge studio. Uh, We're just chilling in here. You guys can see it. Let me put it. Let me set this. uh, Let me set you guys up. Um. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see if I can get, let's see if I can get something set up here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Okay. Just dropped the poker chip. Got the poker chips cracking, ready to, you know, we can play some (laughs) shit. Hey, anytime you're feeling froggy, leave. Come on through the crib. You can get your money snatched just like the next cat. So anytime you feel like it, come on through. Um, I wish I had a place for my phone, dog. I don't really have a place for my phone. Apologize. I don't really have a place for the phone for the TikTokers. Uh, you, most of the TikTokers, just so you know, I'm talking to all you guys on TikTok. I, I get a lot of good messages from some of you young cats. I appreciate you. A lot of you are BMKs, though. If you don't know what BMKs are, come on over to YouTube and check it out. Um, man, we're just chilling here in the morning. We got Chase Senior joining us later. Brock Purdy. Uh, I have no script today. We're just gonna go off the top of the dome. Uh, Brock Purdy has some swelling in his arm, so they're not gonna be able to perform uh, surgery on his. Uh, they're, they're not gonna be able to perform surgery, so he's gonna have to wait longer. So I can't wait to have Chase Senior on and see what's going on um you know he's gonna he's gonna uh josh Faley, what up man josh Faley, you, where you been at Oos? you straight you living you all right got the led light underneath the bar right there we're gonna get the coach ab show so we can have it for the show when we move in here full time that's the jb logo right there um once we get it all right and lit up you know uh it, it'll be cool it'll be cool um uh, Xavier Martinez, as a former QB coach, how much does that set you back? How much does what set me back? What are you asking, dog? Uh, uh, 
dog i just moved in this studio people are so can't get a better mic the mic this mic's 500 dollars. slapdick you're on my you're listening to me on my phone homie <laughs> the mic is in the on the youtube you're not on youtube are you um Oh, Brock, 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 Brock. It sets you back a lot. That's why I want to talk to Chase Senior, who covers the 49ers. He'll be joining the show here in a little while, and he's going to say what we're going to do. What are we going to do? Because I'm just going to tell you right now, um, you got you got a real serious issue in San Francisco because Brock Purdy don't get surgery. Um, you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to get rid of – you're going to get rid of Trey – you're going to trade Trey Young? I mean, uh, Trey Lance? You're going to trade Young's on my fucking shit list, so I got to bring that up in a second. Are you going to trade uh, Trey Lance? You're going to get rid of Jimmy G? You ain't going to have a quarterback with this supposedly loaded roster, dog, and that is why you have yet to win a Super Bowl, Shanahan. So we better figure it out. So we're going to get this whole thing figured out. Brock Purdy may be in a bad situation. So are the 49ers. The 49ers may be in a very, very bad situation um we're gonna we're gonna get into it uh before we get into that though i gotta damn i gotta get into this whole shady mccoy um you know shady mccoy eric b enemy there's clearly a beef on shady mccoy's side because you haven't seen you haven't seen eric b enemy even talk about it because he don't care he don't care but have a listen to shady mccoy and these slapdicks on fox i hope he doesn't but I think he will. What's his value? What makes him a good officer coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all, right? When the plays are, are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you what Andy Reid or Doug Peterson but when I asked about um, Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? When we watch the film of practices and we correct the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. He may say things to the running back because he's an ex-running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility. Now you go from the Chiefs, where you can hide behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Then you, then you go to the, the Washington, where you got to call plays, you got to run the meetings. You got to run the installs. The last issue I have with him is what makes Andy Reid so great, not the call, the, the play calls, which we see that, which, I mean, that's one of it. But the other thing is, like, adapting to the players. Well, being in me, he's my first practice. I couldn't believe it. TikTok, you need to come dog, on over to dog cussing the players. I'm like, oh, man, if I ran and not just the regular right players, Kelsey, you know, you know, other. I, I've heard enough. Somebody on TikTok asked if I, if I ran a 40 right now, what would it be? <laughs> Probably at 9.5. Motherfucker, it'd be like an earthquake Richter scale. That's what it would be. 7.5 on the Richter scale. That's what a, that's what it would be if I ran a 40 right now. I could drink a 40. Uh, so, all right, let's go. We got two sides of the story on Eric Vietnamese, Shady McCoy beef. All right, first of all, I know, I know, I know EB, obviously, uh, growing up in L.A., Shady, I don't know him, but he is a good friend of my good friend, Marcellus Wiley. 
who's a frequent visitor on the show. So let me break this whole thing down. A lot of folks coming after Shady for saying he's a black man hating on another brother. All right. So that's one side of the house. The other side of the house is, all right, McCoy speaking facts. Everybody that says McCoy's speaking facts is, is ignorant because you don't know what the facts are. It blows my mind that you guys think you know everything. You don't know shit, but you all think you do. That's the problem with you guys on social media. So you don't know what EB does. Now, what he does is, since I do have players in the locker, I do have coaching buddies, I do know EB personally, I do know his best friend personally, who's my best friend, by the way. I want to be clear here on what's going on. First of all, there's two things going on. Now, Keyshawn Johnson is on Get Up talking bad about Shady McCoy. It's a bad look all the way around, dog. You got a brother hating on another brother, and then you got a brother now hating on that brother who's hating on the other brother. <laughs> so let me make sure we're clear. Why do we have all these brothers hating on each other? Dog, what, what, what's going on? It makes no sense. How about we all say, you know what? We got different opinions, dog. Just like JB's opinion on Mahomes and the Chiefs and Andy Reid and the offense. Dog, we all have our own opinions. Let's just be clear. But let's also be clear, what are the facts of these opinions? Because every time you have an opinion, you make an ass of yourself if you're not in the room. If you don't know what's really going on. So Shady was coached by EB. How many years ago? Let's first look at that. Okay, let's go back and say, when did he look at him? Okay, so I've been telling everybody for how many years now that Andy Reid's been running the offense, that Eric Bieniemy does not run the actual offense, meaning he does not call the football plays on down and distance. That does not mean EB is not a viable asset. That does not mean he doesn't do the scouting report. That does not mean he doesn't create the game plans during the week. It doesn't mean he, does, he creates all the blitz pickups and the down and distances based on what the opponent's doing. That doesn't mean any of that. And then this is over all of your guys' head because you don't even know what I just said. You're like, what is down and distance? What is scouting report? What is game planning? What is uh, blitz pickup? What are cards? <laughs> you don't know. But you all think you know because you watch ESPN. So Eric Vietnamese has his hand fully in the cookie jar. So let's be clear. Andy Reid, what you think Andy Reid's going to keep this guy for all these years? And he's just absolutely dog shit. So let's go to another side of the story because there's always two sides, right? Actually, there's three sides. We already know there's, but we'll go, we'll stick to two sides. Jamal, Jamal Charles, another great running back in Kansas City, has came out and said, I disagree with you, Shady McCoy. I think you're full of shit. I play for EB, and I think he's one of the best coaches I've ever had. So now you got a whole new scenario, Jamal Charles defending Eric B. Enemy. So now what side are you taking? So now who do you believe? And then you got the third side. The third side is who? Now you got Keyshawn on GetUp talking about Shady hating on EB. But Keyshawn don't know either. So 
The fact of the matter is, we know Andy Reid is the common denominator. He runs the offense. He calls the plays. He does all those things. Eric Bieniemy helps him create the offense, create special plays, gimmick plays that I like to call them for Patrick Mahomes to succeed that you see in the game. The 18 plays under five yards, under 10 yards that are equated to touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes, seven of them being shovel passes. EB helps create those plays. They put it together and then they figure out when they're going to run those plays. So everybody has a It's always the guy that got cussed out, though. See, EB used to cuss Shady McCoy out. And now you still are butt hurt, dog. Just like the Kansas City fanboy fan base. Y'all are butt hurt that I told you the truth about your hero, Patrick Mahomes, and you're mad at me. So you're going to be mad at me forever. And that's okay. But you're, you're not even going to be a f- chief fan in three years when Andy Reid's retired and you guys are shitty again. <laughs> you won't even be a Kansas City chief fan now. I, you guys will move on over and you'll be Philadelphia Eagle fans or something. Like, so, so let's be clear. And I'm just like, damn, dog. Why we all just can't say, you know what? This dude's a hell of a running back coach. And I didn't get the chance to see him implement pass game. But maybe he's evolved and now he does it because I'm no longer there in Kansas City. That is what Shady should have said. Now, Shady's standing on his gun, two gun. He's, he's standing by it, what he said, and he knows facts that we don't know. Then it'll all come to fruition later on. It'll all come to the light. You know what I mean? It'll all come into the light. So we'll see. SA, yeah, you don't. I don't know what you're trying to get out, but it's already been known. We've already known this. We've already talked about this. <laughs> like, go read my book. Uh, go look it up. So I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, that is what I don't understand. But Chatty ain't gonna Shady ain't gonna change his opinion, which is cool. But let's be honest, you don't, he don't know what EB has evolved to. So having said that. There's a reason Andy Reid wanted to get him a job so he can move on. He can move on and he can get his resume built away from Andy Reid. And you know what? TikTok, come on over to YouTube. Um, this is the real, this is the real story. Okay. This is real shit right here. Andy Reid and ABs had conversations. Green screen background, what is that? Motherfucker, this ain't no green screen background. I don't even know what that means. But let's break down something. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy had serious conversations. And here's how they go. Here's how they go. Okay. EB, you want to venture off on your own. I think I do, coach. I think it's time. Just understand something. You're on your own once you leave me. That means you're on your own in the canoe with your own paddles by yourself. Sharks all around you. 
And if you fail, you will be eaten and devoured by the sharks that are around you. There's no coming back to me. There's no going to the next job because you failed here. They're going to say it's my system, my offense. Plus, Patrick Mahomes can't travel with you. So having said this, so having said this, EB is banking on himself. He's betting on himself. Why is it different? Why is Shady McCoy and ESPN anointing Lamar Jackson for betting on himself? but not EB. See, y'all don't think about it. You won't put it in perspective. Why is that different? Why is that different? And to Jamel Ridley's point, Jamel said, the enemy can't go back, but Nagy can, huh? Hey, I'm not telling you that's my rule, dog. <laughs> I'm telling you what the facts are, homie. You want to hear the facts or you want to give me your sob story? We already know the truth. What are you going to do about it? Bitch and moan and cry or are you going to figure it out? Like, this is my boy. I know the deal. Nagy became a head coach, Jamel. That is why he can come back. EB has not been a head coach yet, dog. Like, don't go straight to the race card yet, all right? I'm getting there. I'm, a, I'm with you. I'll get there with you. But let's just keep it real. This cat got a head job. Nagy already had a head job. He failed at that job. So when you become a head coach, you now have a buffer. You can go back down as a coordinator, as a coach, as a QB coach. So that is what Nagy's at. Is it right? No. I don't think it's right. But is Eric Bieniemy deserving of a head job by now? Yes, because his other counterparts have gotten them. So for whatever reason is, though, they're like, nah, we're not fucking with you. It's a double-edged sword, all right? So it's six half dozen the other. This is the double-edged sword. EB is good enough to be in the NFL. He is legally hireable because he's in the NFL as an employee, correct? So... Everybody that's using the his background, he has a charge, he has this, he's not allowed on the CU campus, he's not blah, 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 doesn't hold water with me. Because if he had all these things, then he wouldn't be hireable by an NFL franchise. So that is number one. So miss me with that narrative. He is deserving of a job. He has it. I don't believe he's worth hiring as a head coach, but I believe he's deserving. Just like I don't believe Lamar Jackson's worth $200 million, but I believe he's deserving. There's a huge difference. So having said that, the true the common denominator here, so we can really dive into it, if you're going to get into the race thing and you're going to get into all this, you have to look at... First of all, did Flores really get offered the head job in Arizona? Got to find that out. He's saying, some people saying he turned it down. Some people saying he didn't get offered. What's that narrative going to be? When is somebody going to talk to Flores? Number one. Number two, I find it hard to believe that Flores turned down a head job. 
after his name has been drugged through the mud for what he said against Miami's ownership. I find that hard to believe. So I believe he would have took the job. But he's like, fuck you. I don't want to take the head job. I'm going to go to Minnesota. All right, we'll see. We'll see if that's the case. Secondly, Byron Leftwich was fired in Tampa by a black head coach, by the way. Don't make any mistakes about it, Jamil. He was fired by a black head coach in Todd Bowles. Make sure we're clear here. So Todd Bowles fires Byron Leftwich, a fellow brother. Now, does Byron Leftwich get a new job? Does Byron Leftwich get a new job? If he does not, and now we're starting to see a trend. Okay, now we don't see Leftwich get hired. Why not? Tom Brady said he did great. Tom Brady said he was good. We'll see if he gets a job. So if he don't, then you got to go back to the Flores deal. Did you really turn down that job or did you not even give a chance to get the head job in Arizona like people think? We'll see. We'll see how this all unfolds. But I'm curious to see the Leftwich situation. I'm curious to see how EB unfolds. I'm rooting for EB. I hope he does well. Just so we're clear, Whitlock yesterday on his show with Steve Kim or two days ago said, he don't think EB will even get the plays in on time. That now that's just a slap in the face to the man. Uh, calm down. That that's EB's can coach. EB understands football. EB understands what's going on. EB can install an offense. EB can implement structure. So pump the brakes on that whole thing. All right. Um, so we'll see what's going on. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to dive into the Eric Vietnamese thing. Um, man, Russia talking about we're 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 releasing our nukes uh, and and breaking free from the treaty that they've been in with the U.S. for a long time. A lot of you cats hear that on Twitter. And, and 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 you guys are like having that uh what do you call it that feminine masculine energy this is a lot of you guys on Twitter right now today <laughs> that that's you guys on Twitter right now kind of acting tough but really like oh shit did did Putin really do that that's you guys on Twitter <laughs> Oh shit. Uh nah, we're not going to war. <laughs> that motherfucker, you motherfuckers is scared as shit right now. This is what I'm scared of, though. I want to be clear here. All right. I am truly scared of one thing. And I'm gonna be honest, dog. I'm gonna be real honest. In my opinion, in my opinion. This is who our front line is. This is the people that are getting drafted day one. If something ever were to happen in 2023, if we have a draft, I want to be clear. Blake, that's my point. Great segue. Look at who's on the front line. Everybody right here getting called in to draft. Here, here's who they look like. By the way, 
Make sure you see her crying. <laughs> That's who our front line is, homie. Our front line just got drafted. That's who they are. That's who the front line is. Like, ah, uh, shit, man. I'm doing TikTok, man. God damn it. I just got drafted. I don't know what else. I want to just do TikTok dances, man. You think Russia's doing TikTok dances? Man, I'm telling you, dog. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's. But let me put it first. But I want to. I want to ease your mind as a leader of people. Like I told you last week, we were talking about this, and I said, if the, if the airplane's going down. The captain still has the obligation to be a leader. And he should be like, ding. Hello, everybody. This is your friendly captain speaking. Listen, uh, we're going to go through a little turbulence here today, but don't worry about nothing. We'll be out of it 15, 20 minutes. I'll see you guys in a little while. Holy shit. We're going down, brother. Just strap your shit up, man. Don't fucking say nothing. Hello, everybody. This is your friendly captain speaking. We're uh, we're entering some rough airspace. We'll be uh, out of it shortly. I'll see you soon. We're going the fuck down. Make sure everybody fucking straps up. Call your mama. Text your baby. We're fucked. Ding! Everybody, just put your seatbelts on. Keep them fastened and make sure that uh, you are sitting upright. Uh... You know, put your trays up just in case we hit a little bit of a rough patch. I appreciate you guys, and we'll be through this shortly. <laughs> Fucking get ready to go down. Like, that's what <laughs> – you don't need to let everybody know. So, as a leader, I'm letting you guys know something. You saw the TikToker, right? You saw the TikToker. This is the front line, okay? We know. This is our front line. That's who's on our front line getting drafted when if something ever happens. But I also want to point out something. Dog, Russia has those same people. China has the same people. Don't make any mistake about it. The generation is a generation. It's not just the generation in America. This is a global thing. Who do you think started that TikTok shit? So let's be clear. We're going to have a fucking clitoris battle of a mass proportion. Don't think we're out here just gangstered up. <laughs> Everyone is soft. But what you have to worry about is when Putin says, hey, fuck your treaty now, because I don't like what you're doing in the West. And I'm gonna I'm gonna allow we're breaking away from all this treaty shit. And now we're aren't we're not we're gonna push our nukes off somewhere where you don't know where they are. So now everybody's up in arms because Putin don't, if you listen to Putin speak about everything yesterday about how we're pedos and we're all kind of shit. If you heard him talk, Putin is like 1000% right though. (laughs) Now I'm like, drop your nuts, America. Fuck them. If he wants some, come get some. Don't start none, won't be none. That's me as the OG American real deal 
cat that I know I grew up with and people that I know. That's who we are. Oh, you want to go against us? You're against us. Fuck you. Drop our nuts. Let's go. But you got these TikTokers out here scared as pussy and Putin calling them out. I agree 1000% with Putin, but I'll fuck Putin up. See, that's the thing about you guys. You don't have that mentality. You can't agree with a enemy because he's an enemy. You can't agree with someone that is right because they're right. You will disagree with someone who is right because he's not your homie. No, dog. He's right. He's 1,000% right. He is, a, he is clearly correct on what the American people and government have been doing. We're creating this shit. Trans with our kids at Hooters, dancing. Trans, allow, you know, motherfuckers tucking their shit and going to fucking, you know, compete versus women. Now we're trying to put in laws to that, that, that born men, biological men, can compete versus women in sports. Like, what the fuck is that about? Putin is a thousand percent correct. And all the majority sitting back at home like, fuck, that motherfucker's right as shit. And then they go out on TikTok and say, fuck Putin, he ain't talking, he, he's wrong. No, he's not. He's right as hell. But I don't mean I won't fuck him up because I'm an American. That don't mean I won't fuck his ass up. But see, you guys can't think that way. You're either totally against the motherfucker, even if he's right, or you're totally with the motherfucker because he's your homeboy and he's totally wrong. Let's just keep it funky like y'all say. That's the real. But you don't want to say that shit. You won't say the real. You won't say the real. So my point is, Putin was right, but we'll still fuck him up. That's my mentality as an American. Now, everyone in America, the TikTokers, are all fucking scared. And you know what the reason is? Dog, Russia wants to revolt bad as hell. I got a brother in the Air Force, dog. I'm telling you right now, Russia wants to revolt his own people. That's why they're getting their ass whipped in hand-to-hand warfare by the Ukrainian people. Because... He's got half buy-in. He don't have full buy-in. If he had full buy-in, Russia would already have ended the war in Ukraine. Russia's clearly more dominant. He don't have full buy-in. And he knows it. So now he's got to have to ruffle the feathers and get his other half to buy-in. That is when we have an issue. That is when we're like, okay, now we got to drop our nuts. So I don't know what's going on with all that, dog. But I'm just telling you. Um, they're very, 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 very far behind us when it comes to battle. When it comes, we, we actually still perform exercises every single day. And these other countries are looking at how to invent a new app. That is the one thing I'll give us. Okay. Just so we're clear. That's coming from some inside intel. That is just something to ease your mind. Now, does anyone want to go to war? No. I want to get back to living regular life. But now we're worried about UFOs, meteorites, fucking Elroy Jetson, all this shit. Yeah, we're not even, don't worry about Russia right now. We got our own infiltration. We got trained around Minson. And I, listen, if anybody would be so kind 
Anyone out there that has an IQ over fucking eight? Anyone in the chat that's a smart person that I know there's a lot of you in there? Go. I want you to do the research for me so I don't have to do it. If you don't do it, I'll figure it out. But I don't believe it's going to be right now. But what it is, what I want to know is, where are we to date this year, 2023, compared to the data from last year when it comes to train derailment, chemical fires, buildings exploding, all these things? Are we just covering it now on an escalated scale because the UFO, the balloons, the spheres rolling up on Japan's beaches? Are we on edge now because of these things? So we're covering it more or are we the same as we always been? Because it's 1500 trail derailments every single year. So I just want to be clear. This isn't some new, oh my God, three trains have been derailed. We continue, we have this all the time, but I want to see where we are to date compared to last year to date and see if is this just a huge thing because i see everybody on twitter and everybody's on edge everybody's walking on glass everybody's walking on pins and needles right now because we saw a weather balloon and we're seeing all this weird shit happen well we cover it more if you didn't have social media nobody would be tripping and unless a fucking meteor just blew up your city you wouldn't give a shit you'd say oh a train crashed damn we had a chemical explosion fuck when's biden coming you wouldn't know he's in ukraine and then eventually he'll show up in, in East Palestine, Ohio, right? So, I mean, that's my point. Like, put it in perspective. I just want to know where we are now compared to where we were. I'm curious to see that. Appreciate all you guys joining in, man. This is kind of like a live chill session right here at the Slapdick Cigar Lounge and Studio. Uh, we're chilling with the bar behind me. Uh, got a stick. No yak yet. It's too damn early on the West Coast. All right, Isaiah, you said you got the stats. Let me know if you got the stats. Uh, I wanna I wanna know, like, are we just blowing last year out the water? Or is this normal? Is this what happens year to year? We have a lot of bad train. Dog, just so you know, a buddy of mine works works for one of these railroad companies, and he told me that the the, the US has track that is still in from the 1800s going through our heartland. Let that sink in. So put that in perspective. You guys all have shitty ass highways in your town, in your city, on the freeways, in the highways. There's so many bad hot freeways out here in Cali, dog. Put it in perspective and look at it that way. It is like popping your tire on a fucking hole in the ground, driving on the freeway and you hit a pothole and you blow out your tire is the same thing that's going on in our U.S. railways. We have fucked up track that needs to be replaced. We don't spend our dollars properly. We fucking, you can use all the conspiracies you want as far as transportation and Biden connected transportation and all these different things. So was George Bush. So just so we're clear, and I'm not into politics, but I'm just telling you a few things I do know. The railways are fucked up in this country. And if we have 1,500 a year, what do you think? How many car accidents do you think we have because of bad fucking highways? So 
it's very, very similar. And that's how he kind of broke it down to me. And that's why I'm telling you this. So you got to look at it that way, too. You got to look at it that way, too. So there's bad railways out there that you're seeing trains just they hit like a little fucking rock and they're off this fucking side. And you got to look at it that way. Infrastructure uh, is is uh, is kind of fucked up and very, very archaic in a lot of ways, even though we're supposedly ahead of the curve on everything. We're, we're very, very far behind on a lot of other shit. So and, and then you got the conspiracy theorists out there, the truck driving companies who have been purchased up by like crazy since COVID. We bought more truck line and company. We bought more. There's more trucking companies that have been developed in the last two years than we have had in the last 30 years. If you don't know that, go look it up. There's been so many new trucking companies bought using COVID monies. And now we have this conspiracy now that we're trying to get the truckers business back going. So now we'll fuck up and derail some trains. That is a whole nother thing. And then there's a conspiracy guy out here in Cali. There's a California guy who's taking videos and pictures. And apparently he's been moved off of the site up in central California. If no one's paying attention, there's a there's like three miles of cars, rail cars sitting in central Cali. Not too far from Frisco, not too far from Fresno. Kind of our infrastructure of California's farmland. And they say they're full of chemical. And they've never been there ever. And now they're sitting there. Now people are asking Newsom, Governor Newsom and Cali, why are these train cars sitting here full of nasty chemical? And why are they sitting here? And why have they been here for two weeks out of nowhere? They say seemingly overnight, two miles of cars are sitting in Central California. So... I'm just telling you. Now I think they got their shit called out. So I don't know if they were planning another Ohio situation, if that wasn't indeed planned, or what's going on. But it is in Cali now. So I'm just throwing that out there. You heard it here first. Put that shit on the CD that goes to space, motherfuckers, if something happens. Stats have been dropped. Let me see. Hold up. Let me look. I haven't seen it. Hey, Isaiah, drop them again for me, dog, because I got, I'm on my laptop out here. I don't have no mouse, and it's hard to navigate this shit. Um, Copy, paste that bitch right back in there. Uh, Hey, Brandon McLaughlin, I appreciate you. Man, I'm honest with you. Everybody that's been here. They all, they're like, dog, it's better than a fucking real cigar lounge. It's better than a real bar. I'm telling you, it really is. Uh, Lots to discuss, though. We're going to get into sports, obviously, but I want to break something. I want to get into some other things real quick. Uh, I want to get into a few other things real quick. I got to, I got to say, I got to say. We don't value age anymore. We don't value age anymore. 
Hey Jeremiah, if you ever get back to Cali, you gotta come see it personally. It's uh it's pretty nice, it's pretty impressive. I, I wish I could scan around, but uh I'm gonna be in here the rest of the week. In 2022, 1,044 trail derailments, 4.2% increase from 2021, 1,002. 1, 1, 2. However, that's down 16% from 19. So we have been dropping trail derailments since 03. There were 2,133 uh, that year. All statistics come from the Federal Railroad Administration. But I got to ask you this. I got to ask you guys this. We believe stats that come from stat makers. Who's checking the stat makers? <laughs> That's why, again, dog, I don't trust nothing. I don't trust you that created the stat, and you shouldn't trust me that told you the stat. I want to know who's checking the stat. Who really went out and did this data? Um. Let me get back to, we don't value age. I don't think we value age in this country. I think other countries value age way, way more than we do. I don't think we value experience. I don't think we value lessons from older folks, experienced people, our grandmothers, our uncles, our aunties. I don't think we value sitting down on our grandpa's lap when we're 20 years old. And if that's weird, sit next to him. I don't care as he's smoking his pipe on his rocking chair and he's 90 years old, we don't value that anymore. I was raised to value that. I used to go sit next to my grandpa and pick his fucking brain all day long. I would go value. I would go over there and say, grandpa, what, what was this like? What was that like? And he's telling you gems. He's giving you gems of shit that has happened. And then you could take your own, experiences put them together and create your own situation we don't value age or experience no more from our elders a few we're, we're we're very there's a lot of other countries that still do um and i think it might bite us in the ass i think it's going to come back to bite us in the ass these kids nowadays are the first to say oh you're too old y'all too old we don't give a fuck we'll get our data from the cell phone We'll get our data from social media. We don't care about you. You're old. you're too old. You don't know. They don't give a fuck about our forefathers, our history. They don't give a fuck. They want to go on social media. Social media is their history, man. It's fucked up. We are fucked up beyond fix. We're not fixable anymore, in my opinion. I think we are not. I don't believe we're fixable, dog. Um. And we don't value our forefathers. You're seeing it in the professional sports world. You are seeing it in the professional sports world, Josh. You see the straight up blatant disrespect for our forefathers. Number one, these cats don't want to invest in their bodies to prolong their career, yet they want $45 million a year. And guess what? You're giving it to them, NFL, NBA. You're giving Kyrie the money. You're giving Harden the money only to demand a trade next year. You're giving Ben Simmons the money to sit out a complete year because he has mental health. The fuck out of here. They don't value their forefathers, dog. They have not had to sit down on their grandpa's knee 
and said, this is what a dollar is, son. You need to value this dollar. They don't value the dollar. They don't give a fuck. They get so many dollars, they don't care. They don't care. And it's translating into what the whole country is. We don't give a fuck about our age. We disrespect the old elders. We don't open doors for old folks. We don't listen and we don't say please and thank you. We don't say yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We don't do shit that we all, anyone over fucking 40, valued. And it's going to bite us in the ass. It's going to bite us in the ass. Just watch. Just watch. Um, Just watch. Uh, There's a lot to discuss, though, in the sports world. Uh, The Hawks fire uh, Nate McMillan. Uh, Trey Young wins again. Player empowerment wins again. Let me say it again for all those in the back. Player empowerment. Fuck player empowerment. Player empowerment wins again. Trey Young, bitch and moan, wanted to fly on his own private jet, wanted to be his own guy. I'm a me, 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 I, 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 fuck the team. Nate McMillan, old school as he is, said, fuck you, you fly with us. You come to walk through practices, shoot arounds with us. Not on your own time and do your own shoot around with your own entourage. No. You are with the team. This is a team thing. But it's not a team thing no more. It is a player-driven league. We're anointing them as the next best thing. We're giving them all this money. Too much. And they yet to listen. They, 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 they're yet to value the dollar. They're yet to appreciate the forefathers. And that's why you see 900 injuries in every year. Because our investment in our bodies are shit. We don't want to fucking do this. We wanted to play video games, fly to Dubai, hang out, chill, do Instagram stories. We're not really grinding. We're not throwing with the receivers on the offseason. We're fucking chilling in Dubai and smoking hawaska and fucking going in dark rooms. It's just the whole world's changed, dog. And that goes for the young cats, the old cats. I believe the young cats do it. The older cats are now like, fuck it. We can't change it. Let's join in. Now you have these older kids doing it. And I'm being honest. Uh, I've heard from multiple people, Trey Young's a shitbird. That's just what I've heard. I have a lot of buddies that were coaching at Oklahoma on the football team that obviously would know him more than I would or anyone else would. Said he's a shitbird. A fake-ass good boy, we like to call him. That is what I think he is. And guess what? Nate McMillan, in my opinion, a very, 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 very good fucking coach, has been another victim of another sacrificial lamb, as we all know. Cliff Kingsbury, sacrificial lamb. I don't care for Cliff Kingsbury, but you know what? He got fucked by who? Player empowerment. Trey Young, player empowerment. He can do what he wants, and the coach tries to instill some type of team atmosphere, camaraderie. Come on. Join in. Be part of this. I don't want you flying on your own private jet to games. This is a team thing. How the fuck are you going to pass and give my give give Collins a lob late in the game if you ain't fucking come got any type of fucking continuity. And that's what Nate McMillan was doing. 
and you can't coach no more, man. You can't coach no more of these kids. You cannot coach these kids no more. These kids are fucking enabled beyond belief. You can't fix them. And when you pay them this much money, they are the king dick of the world. They are the fucking. They don't think their shit stinks. They think they're the shit. They don't believe you can tell them anything. You can't tell them to go harder and practice anymore. You can't tell them to not load manage anymore. And it is fucking deteriorating and self-imploding the entire professional world of sports and life. And that's what you're seeing. Player empowerment. Fuck it. I'll never bow down. Fuck them motherfuckers. Nate McMillan, shout out to you. Uh, You'll land another gig soon. And uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. LSU wide receiver neighbors arrested on weapons charges. Coach Caldwell, NFL now, talking about Caldwell, says he'll he's done seeking NFL head coaching jobs. He's like, fuck it. I'm done chasing it, dog. I'm tired of the Rooney rule. I'm tired of fucking dealing with the Rooney rule. Caldwell's like, fuck it. I just coach. I'll do my thing as an assistant. I'm done chasing head coaching jobs. That's what Caldwell came out and said yesterday. Uh, But let's get to this Alabama basketball, all right? It's made national news. It's trending. The head basketball coach is Nate Oates. I called him out a year ago because he disrespected the fuck out of Mike Coach Krzyzewski, Coach K at Duke. And this is a double-edged sword for me, all right? This is a me speaking out both sides of my mouth on this one. So please listen to me uh, carefully on this, all right? Nate Oates is the head basketball coach at Alabama. He's had his team near the top all year long, uh, apparently from everything I know. I talked to Coach Martin a lot. I talked to Frank Martin, head coach of UMass, been around a long time, great dude. He's been on the show. Uh, He hit me up yesterday, wished me happy birthday, and we talked. But I asked him, and he's like, hey, listen, man, this dude's a good fucking coach. He knows his shit. He's, he's come from a fucking legitimate tree. He knows basketball and blah, blah, blah. But he's like, I'm not going to tell you what Frank said. I'm not going to put his thing out there. So what I'm going to tell you is I said, coach, this is the issue I have. The issue I have is, again, this motherfucker is blatant disrespectful to his forefathers to his mentors, to the people that paved the way for him. He is disrespectful as it gets. And to do this with Calvin Sampson, another legendary cat, and you want to show him up and do the fake handshake shit? Like, come on, dog. Like, come on, man. This shit right here is not the first time he's done it. So that's bitch made shit right there to me. Calvin Sampson's clearly pissed off at his team, his guys, his refs, whatever. He wants to go after him. He doesn't see you sitting there and you're going to sit there and mock him with a handshake. Get the fuck out of here. Number one, last year he goes after Coach K and he disrespects Coach K. Talk shit to Coach K. 
Okay, now there's two strikes for me. Now, let me give you the JV perspective as the lone wolf. The lone wolf is a guy like myself. I, I go from California to Kansas. There's no other California coaches in Kansas. I'm coaching. And I'm my back's against the wall. These good old boys don't want me there. They don't want me to win. So I go there and do what? Win. And now they really hate me. Now they really want me out. So I'm, guess what? I, I'm, I'm cocky. I'm arrogant. I'm talking shit. Fuck you. This is my league now, motherfucker. It's my shit. And... Can you call it a little bit immature? Maybe. You can. And I wouldn't argue it. I could say I could mature all this. All, I, I always say I could mature. But when your back's against the wall and you're the lone wolf and you're defending your players and your kids you recruited, you're not going to allow a coach to downplay that, to degrade that, to hold your kids back from something. I was accused of everything because I started winning. People were so pissed off and and and, and it's 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 sour grapes. They they were mad at me because we won. So guess what? Now I'm accused of this. I'm accused of that. Nothing ever came because there's nothing there. But I'll be accused of this, this, and this. So then I'm becoming more of the lone wolf. Now you're starting to piss the lone wolf off. Now I'm gonna go get your kids. Now I'm gonna start stealing more of your fucking players. Now I'm gonna start out recruiting you even more. And I see that in this kid, this guy, Oates. I see this guy, and I see that in Oates. So as a coach, I'm looking at it like, ah, I kind of like this motherfucker doing this. But I would never, ever go to my mentor, Coach Liker, who was coaching at Coffeyville, our rival. I would never go to him and say, talk shit to him like that. I hugged him after we beat them on, on Netflix. That was my college coach at Fort Hay State by the way, who coached Peyton Manning under uh, back in the day at Tennessee, who's been around a long, long time. I have nothing but ultimate respect for my elders who paved the way. And that is the difference between myself and Oates. I like the lone wolf stance. I like talking shit. I like being the guy dropping your nuts. But also, Calvin Sampson, legend. Even if Calvin Sampson told, called me out, I would say, Coach, I, I, I disagree with you, man, respectively. Appreciate you, though. But you don't never see that side of me. I see Brad Oates doing this JB style of coaching without the respect for the forefather. I always respect my forefather. I always respect my the respect of people that came before me who gave me this opportunity. Brad Oates, you didn't invent basketball, dog. You're not Naismith, homie. You didn't invent the fucking thing. I didn't invent football. I didn't invent fucking any of this shit. You need to pay homage at times, too. You need to pay homage. So, here's the second part. Now, under your watch, when you have a lot of good players and you recruit the best players in America, in which he's done, you get shitbirds. I tell you all the time, shitbirds are your best players. You have to be able to manage the shitbirds in the room on your roster. If you really want to be elite, you have to get the shitbirds, the TOs of the world, the, 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 the Kyries, 
the Hardens, the Ben Simmonses. You got to get those cats to buy in. And so all the rest of the players buy in. And now you have a real deal situation. Well, knock on wood, I, I, I thank God that I've never had anyone shoot anyone under my watch, commit any major, major crimes. Uh, my first person I ever coached in my 20 years was this not finally but the first person ever was finally was arrested uh but he's okay now he's, he's playing i'm helping him out emmett good and we know i love him to death he's in the chat he comes in the chat he did a fucked up thing and 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 you know what you don't know the true story to that either uh, i do and there's always two sides really a third and uh i know the situation and that's why everyone that's why they've dropped everything and that's why but unfortunately he was a victim Tennessee booted him, and that's my first kid ever to be booted from a four-year institution after leaving me. So, having said that, knock on wood again, if I ever do coach again, I hate to have any of these cats ever do any heinous crimes like we've seen in Alabama. So, this kid, this guy, this Coach Oates, had a murder occur under his watch. That is a head coach's worst fear. The head coach's worst fear is to have someone get murdered on your watch. As have one of your players commit a heinous crime like this and shoot someone or be involved with it. And this kid Miller, who apparently is the guy who had the gun, who handed it to the Miles kid who committed the, the, the incident. Apparently, Oates came out and said, this kid has, is in no trouble. He will face no discipline, blah, blah, blah. All right. He said, no punishment for Brandon Miller, quote, for bringing a loaded handgun in a murder. <laughs> he said he can't control what is happening off campus or outside of practice in games. All right. Pause. Stop right there. Quote, I cannot control what is happening off campus or outside of practice and games. I fully 1,000% disagree. Okay? I, I, I fully 1,000% disagree. I believe you can affect what the kids do off campus, outside your, your, your time, and... It is a 24 7, 365 job. That is what your number one job is, is to do. It is to get your player to where he could not get himself. Not to get your player where everybody else is trying to get out of. That is jail, a coffin, group homes hospitals we don't want them to go there for you to say it's not your job and you can't control it to me is number one entitled lazy as fuck meaning you don't put in the time with your dudes to really have them fear letting you down as the coach who recruited them and brought them in there they do not fear letting you down 
They don't fear you. They don't have to fear you and be scared of you for playing time or NBA shot or whatever, but they need to fear letting you down because you've given them nothing but love. You've showed them nothing but compassion, the real talk you've given them, life lessons you've taught them, the path you've given them to go earn millions of dollars, whether it's through a degree and a job, being a CEO, or it's through fucking an MBH opportunity, in this case, an Alabama's basketball team. It is your full-on job to make sure that they are doing right outside of the fucking facility. For you to say that to me, now I've lost, you lost me, dog. I was with you with the dick measuring contest and dropping your nuts and swinging it around and talking about I'm the lone wolf, backs against the wall. These other old heads don't like me coming in ruffling feathers. I was with you. I feel you. I'm with you. I'm like, fuck it. Let's roll. Then you disrespect Calvin Sampson. Then you disrespect Coach K. Icons. Icons in the profession. So now I'm like teetering. Now I'm like, okay, now I don't know which guy I like. But now you say this. To me, you're an entitled bitch made cat that got so much money so quickly and had early success. The difference between you and Coach K and Coach Sampson and these guys that are great, they sustain this greatness. You are a flash hot pan in the pants. You could say that about me. Uh, JB had a flash pants. Uh, he was a flash shot at Netflix. He, he won a year. He, he, had, he won two years, lost the last year that you could see on film, and then he hasn't done shit since. You can call me this Nate Oates guy. Flash in the pants, right? Well, dog, I won't argue. Go ahead. I'm not, we can argue it, and we can debate it. But I won't argue it for right now. I'm making the argument. So I want to be clear. The head coach is the CEO, the COO, the CFO. He is accountable for all actions. I don't give a f I don't want to hear you tell me. This is the young cat. Oh, coach, he ain't he ain't he ain't responsible for them cats. He don't know what they do. Their mama is. No. Their position coach is responsible for them. Their players are responsible for this kid Miller and Miles. Policing each other is what wins and has a longevity in this business. Coach K's players policed each other for years. John Wooden's players policed each other for years. And that equals the greatest players on the court playing available and sustainable. And you get championships. You win for years and years and years and years. So this cat's a flash in the pan. You call him JB, whatever you want to do. But he is accountable. Make no mistake about it. This dude knows what is going on in his fucking system. He knows what is going on in his program so he understands what's going on dog make no mistake about it he knows what's going on in his program okay be clear joe paterno knew what was happening at penn state contrary to your belief joe paterno is held accountable Rick Patino knows what was going on at Louisville. 
He knew the prostitution rink and the strippers and the, the visits. He knew? Come on, man. You're ignorant if you don't believe he knew. You're trying to, you're a home based fan boy who only wants to, I want to, I want to turn my, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it, dog. I don't want to see it. I just want to see what happened. And it's an old adage, right? You want to see the sausage. You don't know, you want, you don't want to see how it's made. That is what the truth is. You want to see the wins. You don't want to know how they become wins. You don't want to know what goes on in between those wins. That is the truth. The common fan who don't know shit just wants to fucking judge the wins and losses, who don't know anything about what goes in between this, trying to make sure kids aren't fucking murdering people. That's just number one, by the way, in this instance. You're just fanboys. You have no fucking idea what it takes to do all this shit and then still go out and win a fucking game in a competitive environment. You have no idea. You don't know what it's like. Period. So... to be dropping gems on you all this morning like this but that's the truth uh so the head coach is always accountable so for him to say i can't control what's happening off campus and outside campus let me be clear here i took over the long beach cabrillo job tj you in here i took over the long beach cabrillo high school cabrillo high school job in the west long beach west longos straight hood east side long beach west side long beach very very bad neighborhoods very very bad hispanic polynesian black all different gang invade uh related situations there's heavy population before i got the job there there was two kids that got shot and killed in front of taco bell right across the street from the front of the fucking campus all right and i vouched that will never happen on my watch there's no fucking way and you equate these things you start to put things together they were a fucking three and 57 over six years when I took the job. Year one, we go seven and three. I get the kids the first division one scholarship in the school's history. We do all these different things. You know what? We're at weights at six in the morning in the hood. You can't do it, coach. You can't get hood kids at weights at six in the morning. Really? Never had a kid miss in four years. As four years as the head coach, TJ, how many guys missed weights at 6 a.m.? And I'm not lying. Cats were late. They paid the price, but they showed up. They feared, they feared letting me down for giving them an opportunity to build something great. That is what I sold them. They bought it. That is the key number one component of being a head coach. Buy-in, motivation, having their back and them knowing you have their back, even though you motherfuck them every day, teaching them hard life lessons. They still know that I'm going to never, ever, ever let Coach JB down. I'm going to show up here at 6 a.m. Why does he have us here at 6 a.m.? We may not know. We're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, maybe. We don't know why he's doing it, but he's doing it for a reason because we bought into Coach JB. We're buying into this. You know why there's a 6 a.m.? So they're there in the morning before any knuckleheads are out. And then guess what? We have meetings, weights, bucket, our meetings. We already lifted weights in the morning. We have meetings. We have individual meetings. We have motivational seminars. We have fucking film. We do speed conditioning in the off season after school. And we're there till fucking five in the afternoon. And parents are starting to be like, damn. See, in the hood, you don't get a lot of parent bite back. See, that's the problem. 
That's why you young high school coaches, I don't get it. You coaching in the hood and having problems with parents? You're not doing your job. You're not doing it the right way, homie. I've never had a fucking parent ever in the hood come and bitch at me about having my kid at practice all day long. They want you to be their babysitter. You control. You are their babysitter for 75% of the fucking calendar year, by the way, as a head coach. You fucking have them all day long. You have them in study hall. You have them in class. They want you to take their kids, dog, especially in the inner city, especially in the hood. I've never, I've had parents bring me bottles of fucking vodka and whiskey thanking me for keeping their motherfucking kids at school all day long. Guess what happens? I get lunch brought in to school. After school ends, you don't leave this campus. Come on, coach, we're going to go across the taco shop. Nope. You stay here. We'll bring food. I don't want to drama on that street, Santa Fe Avenue. I don't want drama out there. So guess what? You stay here. Now we got meetings. We're watching film. You eat and chill in here. And then the parents, guess where you pick your kids up from? My office. You drive your asses back here, pick them up. Or if you get a bus, or coaches, you're taking them home. TJ, am I lying? Am I making this shit up or not? So that is what I call bullshit on in this Alabama situation. And guess how much money I made? I'm going to be clear here. How much money did I make? TJ, how much money did I make? I made a $3,400 stipend for the year. And I'm hearing motherfuckers bitching and moaning these young coaches about not getting paid. Then don't fucking do it. Don't be a part-time, part-time motherfucker. I don't care fuck what it is you're in. Coaching, life, COO of a job. Don't be a part-time, part-timer. Don't accept it then. And then if you don't want to accept it, then you have no validation to bitch. If you accept it and you bitch, then you're a bitch. <laughs> Nobody forced a gun on your head and told you to fucking do it. Nobody forced you to do it. You want to do it, then do it. Shut the fuck up and go grind and get it. We don't have that anymore. We don't have that anymore. We want instant gratification. God, 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 give me, give me, give me. Well, you give this guy oats, fucking however much money a year now, three, four, five million a year. You give this guy this salary and he's part-time, part-time in it. Because you've anointed him, dog. You've given him too much money. So now he can come out and say, hey, kids, you're on your own. I don't care what you do off campus. I don't care what you do outside here. I make my $5 million. I go home chill with my wife. I ain't tripping. You're the epitome of a bitch-made cat. You shouldn't be coaching kids. And you shouldn't be recruiting them from their fucking families and telling them you're going to make them a better man when you're lying to their fucking face. Because if you don't care what they do outside, then you're not a fucking man. You're not a leader of men. And you'll definitely never turn a boy into a man. And you should get the fuck out of the profession. So now I'm totally against the fucking old cat. So now he makes this fucking bitch made claim. I thought it was important for me to come out. And I made some unfortunate remarks uh, earlier. This time I tried to be thoughtful in my words relative to the tragic incident. And my statements came across poorly. We were informed by law enforcement of other student athletes being in the vicinity and law enforcement reportedly told us that no other student athletes were suspects. They were witnesses only. Our understanding is that there have been, they're all been fully truthful and cooperative. 
That's your number one problem. You believed your players. You never believed them, motherfuckers. Are you kidding me? In no way did I intend to downplay the seriousness of the situation or the tragedy of that night. My prayers continue to go out to the Jamea Harris family. You are who you are, not what you say you are. <laughs> Come on, man. You are who you are. No, don't give me no fucking bullshit apology letter. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to fucking know about it. I don't want to see it. I miss me with the bullshit, dog. Miss me with the bullshit. I don't want to see it. Um, I don't. And... Now you're becoming a little bit too arrogant for me. So, uh, you combine, you combine coaches like this who say you can do whatever you do when you leave Mike's campus, combine that with shitty parenting and you have a recipe for disaster, my friends. You have a recipe for fucking complete failure. You have a recipe for complete disaster. I'm just keeping it real. LSU wide receiver neighbors arrested on weapon charges. Like, homie. Again, now we got less miles. We want to talk about, I mean, less miles. We want to talk about fucking weird ass Brian Kelly now. Another one that's overpaid. Uh, these cats don't have no body. Dog, I don't get it. If I made that money, you would never, you would never not see me with your play. The players would never, they would be fucking hating me to death because we'd be together all the time. The buy in is real. Give me that motherfucking money, dog. You know how many fucking team events we're going to be at? How much shit we're going to be doing? The words you're saying aren't getting relayed. They're not being retained or they're not being adhered to for some reason. They either don't buy into you. They don't fear letting you down or they don't fear you setting them up for fucking success or failure. There's something missing. And I would say number one is you're overpaid and you're not invested enough into your players. Number one. That's number one. Uh, I'm going to be straight up real. That's number one. Uh, so... You know, it's... It just is what it is, man. It is what it is. I, I just don't know. Uh, that's what we're talking about, Aiden. Uh, I just don't get it. Uh, very, but but that's my take on this whole thing. UNLV football player dies now under full investigation, and a complete another situation. Like dog, another situation. You just hired a dude at UNLV, in Vegas, Sin City, the Devil's Den, whatever you want to call it. These administrators blow my fucking mind. You're in Vegas. Hire a motherfucker like me 
if you're going to be in Vegas and you're going to try to recruit ultimate talent, top tier talent, five star talent to a place like Vegas, hire a motherfucker that knows the lay of the land, the landscape. And I don't give a fuck. I I could sit here and talk about this shit all all day long. And a lot of you will be like, that don't matter. It a thousand percent matters, but you don't know because you don't fucking know. Everyone that comments don't has never played, never coached, never been in a fucking competitive situation or environment, yet thinks they know all things. <laughs> Hire a motherfucker that knows the lay of the land so they can get through to the kids. Hey, dog. Being in North Vegas after fucking six ain't a good fucking deal. Keep your motherfucking asses here. Now, that wouldn't even be a situation because you are going to be around me and I'm not going to let you go do your own thing because you're <laughs> just because they're 18 don't mean they're fucking grown. Sorry. Contrary to your belief. And that is the problem. Administrators and shit are hiring motherfuckers that are fucking they, they're hiring the wrong people. Um, My main man, Matt McChesney, is going to join me. Let me switch this up. Matt, what up? Good morning. <clears throat> man, I'm here from the Slapdick Cigar Lounge. Uh, I had to do it. I'm going to be in here the rest of the week chilling. Uh, some guy thought it was a green screen behind me, and I said, no, you're just a bitch-made cat. Um, yeah, it looks good. Appreciate it. What's going on, man? I know you were a daddy daycare today. I had a I had a vision. Uh, Matt texted me. We talked early this morning. Matt's hour ahead. Uh, we we're talking. He's like, man, I'm being a little late. I got fucking uh, snow. I got to I got to drop my kid off. And I'm just picturing myself. I'm picturing Matt as that. He's being the mom, the dad, the nanny and everybody. And then he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in daddy in, uh, in, in kindergarten cop. And Ms. he's Donald like, Moving motherfucker, get out the way, motherfucker! Honk the horn, get the fuck out of the way. Tell the crossing guard to shut the fuck up. Uh, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, best morning duo in in all of in all of uh TV, radio, etc. Is what a lot of people have been DMing me. So Matt, appreciate you. Uh, I hope this thing blows up. We could get paid off this deal and get some fucking big time platforms. Uh, I would love to have you uh, alongside of you. Let me tell you this. Let me ask you this. I go on KC Radio yesterday, 610, and these guys invite me on, text message me to come on, and the truth hurt them so bad they hang up on me. <laughs> Jason Whitlock hung up on me uh, the other day. So my point is this, Matt. We're getting to a a, we're getting to a very, very, very critical mass, in my opinion, in America. Not only are the young motherfuckers becoming soft, the old motherfuckers are becoming soft, and now we're really fucked. Why'd they hang up on you? I have no idea. I didn't call them. I didn't cuss at them. I didn't, I didn't call them out their name. I said, uh, well, I don't think you know football very well. Uh, if you're putting Patrick Mahomes at number three all time already, because I think you're a homer and a fanboy. And he was very condescending. He was already being a smart ass right from the jump. So I already knew the tone. So, you know, I got in the defense, but I still didn't like call him out or fuck you. I, I didn't do any of that. Like I should be the one hanging up, but I'm just not a bitch made motherfucker like that. I just wasn't raised that way. 
I'm going to. Why did Whitlock, why did Whitlock hang up? Truth hurts. I, I, it was I, more more Mahomes stuff. Yeah, more Mahomes stuff, but it wasn't even about Mahomes anymore. He he's basically contradicting him his own self and saying things that were basically oxymorons. And I was like, well, listen, Andy Reid's been successful for fucking his entire life since he came out the womb. I said, all I'm saying is let's look at this thing. And 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 I gave him a bunch of dats. I, I gave him like how successful Alex Smith was on a less talented roster, how successful Donovan McNabb was, how successful Jeff Garcia was, and A.J. Philly, and even Kevin Cobb, and all these, Michael Vick. But he, by the way, he just made a comment the day before on social media that Eric Bieniemy has nothing to do with nothing, and it's all Andy Reid. And I called him out on it. And I said, well, how can you say it's all Andy Reid, but now it's all Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid has nothing to do with it. It can't be all Andy Reid with Eric Bieniemy, and not Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes. Like, it don't make sense. Does it make sense to you? Well, look, I think Bieniemy is a great coach. We've talked about this. He adds his own, you know, his own ingredients to the offensive coordinator position. He's not the quarterback coach. He's the OC. Okay, uh, hold on. Segue yeah. real quick before you – I don't want to – cut you off I, I need you to give me insight on this right here because jamal charles came out and talked shit against shady mccoy shady mccoy is now holding down his fort and i think it's bitch made move by shady because and marcellus wiley is really good with shady marcellus wiley thinks eb deserves a job like we do Keyshawn johnson now Keyshawn johnson now is coming on tv right now he's on espn talking shit about shady mccoy and jamal charles said I, contrary to belief, EB is a fucking great coach. Coach me. I learned so much from EB. And now Shady McCoy is doing this. Have you seen this latest video that he did yesterday? Yeah, I, Shady good offensive coordinator. See, this the one? problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should. You saw that one? Yeah, he's he's nuts. He's wrong. I mean, it's okay. just to get clicks. Um, and I, I really, players that come out on on ESPN and shit and dog coaches. He didn't teach me anything, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just immediately remember going back and being like, I I forgot you were on the team, Shady McCoy. Like, you know, you barely even played that year for them. So maybe your feelings are just hurt and EB hurts people's feelings. So he's an easy target. Um, I, I think Derek's a great coach. He was one of my coaches at Colorado back in the day. I know him very well. He's a great friend on top of being a great coach. So it's just a matter of time before he gets a head job and he'll do a great job when he gets it. He's a leader of men and he's a guy that can motivate guys to run through a fucking wall. So it's just a matter of timing. That's all. I think it's ridiculous that he has to go to the fucking commanders of all places to prove that he can offensive coordinate. So hopefully he can get a quarterback because I mean, that that's setting, setting yourself up for failure if you don't have a quarterback, especially playing for boring ass Ron Rivera. So the, you know, on the other side of things, like I'm, I don't, I don't understand the, like Andy Reid didn't win Super Bowls without Mahomes. Mahomes got here and Reid and Mahomes together are doing this, but that doesn't, I think both of them are great. Andy Reid's probably a top, 10 coach of all time if you like did a list i don't know that's just just off the top of my head 
And Mahomes is a top 10 quarterback of all time. I don't know if he's top fucking five or anything, but, you know, top eight, whatever. I can't remember where I even put him on my list. But he, I got him at eight or nine. So he's, he's elite. He's the best in the business at the moment. And he deserves his respect. And I don't even think you can compare him to guys like Alex Smith and Donovan McNabb. I mean, he's a he's a clear cut above all those guys. So, agree, agree. All my point was with Whitlock was you're going to start showing some respect to him. Yeah, my my I agree that he's better than those guys. My my point with Whitlock was like, let's be sure here. Let's be clear here. We haven't seen him away from Andy Reid. We, we've seen quarterbacks leave Andy Reid in the past and have flat fell on their face after they left him. So, so Michael, Michael Vick, other guys, other guys. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just making a state. I'm just making a point though. The quarterbacks who have left Andy Reid prior to his, either prior to Andy Reid tutelage or after, have failed. So well, why are you why are you always looking for a chink in the armor with Mahomes, bro? Why can't you? No, just I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even discussing Mahomes. No, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even always, discussing him. You're always looking for something. No, I'm not. I'm not looking for nothing. I'm you're pointing like, out you're facts. Like the, you're like the wife that like always like ah, there your fucking your shoes don't match your belt. Like, it's always something with you and Mahomes. No, I'm not. You know why I am? Because if my wife told me that I had the biggest dick she's ever seen in her life, I'm going to tell her, shut up. You're lying. Shut the fuck up. I'm not saying that I'm looking for something. I'm just telling you the truth. And the truth is, we're anointing this cat as the goat. That's my only fight with Whitlock. And I'm like, pump our brakes here. In the modern like, day, he is the GOAT. He's the number one player in the NFL, period. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about the people that are anointing him as the greatest of all time. And that is my fight on when I say he's overrated and all this other shit. I'm like, he's not overrated right now, Matt. I've never said that. He's overrated for the people that put him as the greatest of all time now. I'm not saying you're not even agreeing to that, Matt. Stop it. I don't think he's the greatest of all time at the moment, but I also can't sit around and act like. So I think John Elway is like my, he's my favorite player ever. And other than Brady and Manning, I think he's the best quarterback to ever play the position. And that is complete fan bias and me growing up watching the man play and knowing him personally and like it. It's biased totally. So I can't get mad at the Kansas City fan base or or fans that don't have the same knowledge base or didn't watch all these old school cats play. I can't get mad at them when they say he's the best of all time. And that doesn't make them uneducated. It makes them fans. So it's the same argument. It's, you know, Elway only won two Super Bowls. Mahomes has been to three, one, two in five years. I mean, if he plays 10 years at this place, he'll have six Super Bowl appearances and four titles and that that puts him in elite class even more so. So I think he'll get more as as it goes on as well, you know. So it's just I can't get mad at somebody for their personal opinion on, you know, something that's also valid. So it's not like you can't say he he this argument is ridiculous. This argument is valid because he is so good. 
You don't have right. to. You don't have to agree with it, but it's not like it's a. They're not making a comment like uh, Justin Herbert's the best quarterback that's ever played. He hasn't done shit, so that's a right. ridiculous argument. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like again, you just stated my. You just fought my fight for me. Like I can make an opinion though, and 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 now I'm the devil. That <laughs> that's my fucking opinion. And guess what, Matt? My opinion, contrary to belief, is fucking professional. My opinion is actually a fucking professional one. Contrary to the fanboys of Kansas City. And your professional, your opinion on is a professional one. You fucking played in this game your entire life like I have. And you played in the NFL for fucking seven plus years. It is a professional opinion versus in a fucking opinion from a fucking blogger. So, like, I wanted to be clear when I was breaking these things down. And that's why I've been gassing these fucks who think they know football when they don't. And I'm like, dog, you don't know the game. Just stop competing, stop talking about it. And now Matt and I can argue as a professional people arguing and fighting over my opinion on Mahomes versus his opinion is a professional argument. It's a completely different escalated argument than all the fucking fanboys out there. I just want to be clear with what that means. I wanted to bring this up to you real quick, though. And you can tell me... Well, let yes me ask no. you a question real quick. If you didn't play, are you saying that your opinion is not valid if you didn't play? Yep, I am. No, wait, wait. Are you, are you asking me for my position that I played the position? I'm saying in general, like as a football commentator, if you're an analyst. Yes, I am fully. I am. If I'm you fully. didn't play, you shouldn't have an opinion. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying you shouldn't have an opinion. Well, your opinion doesn't matter. I, I I wouldn't even say it doesn't matter. I would say that the validity of your opinion is going to be way down on my list. Uh, Brain, Braden Fajoko, who plays for the Chargers right now, just literally posted this exact thing you asked me on his Twitter. And he said, I'm tired of seeing these people on ESPN and Fox and all these guys who never played the game. He said, I would equate that to me saying, you're a horrible fucking pilot and you should have made a, you should have dog fought that and you should have fucking made a hard left and went under that bridge, and I've never flown a plane in my fucking life. I totally agree with Braden. What what about when we talk basketball? You're pretty adamant that you know basketball really well. You'll fight that. But I played it, but I don't. Come on, dog. You played in high school. It's not like you're a baller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm not a guy that's never done anything. I, I think if you know sports and you played the, the, it, you know basketball. The same rationale has got to apply. If you just played high school football, it, your your NFL opinion shouldn't matter. Although you can have one, it should apply the same way. Like when we play, when we talk basketball, I consider myself pretty educated on the topic, and I watch it constantly. And I never played. I I sucked. I fouled out all the time. But I consider myself, you know, I. On the uh, the Altitude Sports Network that I work for covers all the Nugget games. I'm always at the stadium. You know, I'm I try and and be as knowledgeable as humanly possible. But I didn't play the game, but I can still consider myself an expert on what I'm watching. And I never played shit, so I would I would take offense if someone was like, "You don't know what you're talking about because you didn't play." I'd be like, "Well, that's fucking ridiculous. You can learn and not play." That doesn't mean that the opinions are different, but I, I disagree that you can't, that your opinion opinion isn't valid just because of a certain, you know, just because you didn't play. Like, 
I, I'd rather listen to the opinion and then make a determination off the validity of it then rather than just, you know, excluding an entire group of people, you know, 99.9999999% of the population that didn't get to the level that's acceptable to have an opinion that's accepted. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I agree with what you're saying, but I also, if you have never had any hands-on tangible experience, I'm not going to hold your opinion with too much weight. I'm just not. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. Um, and I never said my opinion on NBA is concrete. Like you have to. I've never said that. Hey, listen. Just all like, I said is my opinion is Kobe's the best. My opinion is this. My opinion is LeBron soft. My opinion is AD soft. That's my opinion on. Yeah, on what I'm saying is the validity of it. Now, what you're saying is people in the NBA world could question your your opinion about the NBA and say, well, hey, if they were in your shoes, shut the fuck up, fuck boy, and sit in your chair and don't talk. What the fuck do you know? You never played. And yeah, I, but that's not the argument. The argument is Braden Pahoko's argument. Take that very well. Yeah, Braden Pahoko, that's not the argument we're talking about, though. You missed that, one piece. That is, that's what I'm talking about. I'm I know, saying, I know, but I we missed a piece. We didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't miss fucking shit. I'm saying. No, you didn't. You missed what I, you missed. What Braden and I were talking about is what I'm saying. Braden and I were talking about sports in general. If you play sports, I'm talking about what we just with us talking. I, I know, about, I know, yeah, and, and, I'm clar- and I'm clarifying, and I'm clarifying. If cool. we played sports, if we played sports growing up, we played sports. We were in the sports world, right? We played a professional sport. We played a sport like football, and we played basketball growing up, and we played these things. And then we made it for you, seven years in the league. For me, a couple cup of tea here in NFL Europe and arena football and a practice squad shot and OTAs. Okay, we made it. We made it at this in one sport professionally. We, we played sports our entire life. And now I think our comments and opinions are are more about val- I'm going to take that with more validation than a motherfucker that never played anything a little less professionally at any sport. And I'm going to take your opinion over the guy that didn't play. I don't care if I didn't play in the NBA, but I played professional sports. I played sports. And I think I my opinion is going to hold a little more weight than the guy that never played any sport whatsoever and is telling you that you're not a first ballot Hall of Famer, or that you're not this, or that you're not that. That is what Braden said. That is what I agreed with. I I would not say it's classified to just NFL, just NBA, just at Major League Baseball. I didn't play baseball either. Threw a few pitches. That doesn't mean I know everything about baseball. I give an opinion about Barry Bonds, Tony Gwynn. I think Tony Gwynn's a better hitter than Barry Bonds. I think Barry Bonds is a better home run hitter. Like, there's a difference, and that's kind of – that's just my opinion. Professional? No. Didn't play pro baseball. So my question, again, like coming back to this, why should anybody that's not – why should an NBA vet or an MLB vet value your opinion if you didn't have anything to do with, like, going back to the way you're thinking about it from a football perspective? If all these fanboys and fuckboys out here can't have an opinion, their opinion's not valid because they didn't get to a level that's acceptable in your eyes. On the same side for baseball and basketball and all these other sports that you didn't get to a level that's acceptable in maybe their eyes, if they responded the same way to it the way that you respond to the people, 
Would that would that go over well with you? Yeah, because they this I'm talking to a person that never played any sports. How yeah. do you know they never played sports? Because that's who that's the demographic we're targeting here. That's who yeah. we're discussing. The guy you had on from Kansas City the other day played and is a high school football coach. High school football coaches aren't chumps. Like a lot of those guys are good coaches. Right, but he didn't know the question. <laughs> what do you mean? He didn't hey. understand the question. That's my point. He don't he couldn't tell you the difference between quarters and cover two. How am I gonna take him serious on breaking down coverage what Patrick Mahomes knows? Like what do you mean, homie? That's like, those make sense to me. If you can't answer the question, how am I going to take you serious? If I came in here mad and you quizzed me and said, listen, I'm going to hire you, uh, JB, as my, I'm going to interview as my OC. Right up the front, I want to see an over front versus 11 personnel, and I want to see you give me a four eye instead of a three. And I couldn't write it up? Are you fucking hiring me? Fuck no. No. I, well, I'm just well, saying. I'm not hiring coaches either. Like, I'm just, it is what I, it is. I know. It's going back to the point, though. I'm not going to take your fucking opinion very seriously if you can't give me an answer to a question that you are making comments on. Like, if you're making comments on something that you think you know football about, you don't know when I ask you a question. And if you don't know the thing, how am I going to take you seriously? I don't care if you play high school football. So then right back to that same point that you're making, apply that to basketball and baseball with yourself as the novice that isn't an expert. But did the it's, guy play sports? Did he play something? Is he a professional NBA player at questioning me on NBA? That's my point. Yes, that's what I'm saying. A guy that yes, has the if same. If he played in the NBA, I would never question his opinion over a regular motherfucker. If he played in the NBA and I played, and you're asking me if I played in, let's say I played in the NFL, he's an NBA guy, and he's telling me that I don't know shit about the NBA, I would agree. I, I don't know nothing co- close to him. So. Yes, but I, but I, I don't, I don't really get too much NBA shit. I'm not really like way off on NBA questions though. I've never been. It was just an example. No, I know. I'm just saying when people and people question that shit, it's like, okay, well, show me because uh, I could talk to you about anything: baseball, football, basketball, golf. I could talk about any of that shit. And Braden's point was, we played sports growing up, playing sports our entire life. Matt, you know everything. You know about Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. You know about Serena and Venus. You know about Arthur Ashe. You know about fucking. Uh, and there's tons of folks that didn't make it to college that also know that information. You don't have to play in order to be an expert. In they know field. the inf- They don't. They know the information from what they've researched. They've never had a tangible experience situation occur with them. So tell me, how can you take that's that person? A broad statement about every single person that's involved in this conversation. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, I'm asking you, how can you take that person that's never been in the locker rooms bleeding and sweating with you over the person that has? I don't want to take them over, but I have to listen to what they have to say. It doesn't mean they don't have a valid point. I I never said I wouldn't listen. Obviously, I listened to have the guy on my show and asked him, okay, since you're making these comments and you're combating my opinion, that is the whole argument. That's the whole base of this argument, Matt. These people are combating my opinion and telling me that I don't know shit. That is where the defensive part comes in. If I don't don't know shit. In my my opinion about this entire situation, you believe that somehow, like your opinion on Mahomes, that somehow he's not what I think he is and what everybody knows he is. 
I, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's fucking wrong, bro. Like, it's just, he is elite as fuck, and it's not even close. Like, let me ask you something. Let me put it real quick in perspective, dog. Because people, because you know it's going to piss everybody off. All right. Now, that's, I'm not a, if you, one thing, I'm, I'm disappointed in you if you think I'm a clickbait guy. No, I didn't say clickbait. I said people are going to this is what you say. All right, let me ask you this. Saying, like, come on, dog. You're all right, let me let me ask you this, dog. I'm gonna be real. Let's be real honest here. Let's be real honest since you've got all these fucking questions for me. Let's be real honest. If I came in and told you that I think Alan Fanica is fucking shitty and he shouldn't have been on your top five list, you should motherfuck me from top to bottom. Because I don't know O-line and D-line nearly as good as you. I don't know O-line, D-line play is nearly as good as you. And you don't know quarterback play nearly as good as me. So I'm just being real. If you think you do, then we can debate that. And I'll debate you with O-line, D-line play. We can have that argument. But I don't believe I do. So what I'm saying is, if I have a professional opinion on a quarterback and some fucking swinging dick is out here telling me that I don't know shit about quarterback, and you think I'm doing a clickbait take on a quarterback, it's ignorant, homie. It's ignorant. I'm not going to tell you Alan Fanica's shitty. You know better than me. You That's your that's expertise true. level inside your expertise. Your expertise is football. Your expertise inside that football is O-line, D-line. My expertise inside of football is quarterback. So, so, so hold, hold on now. Hold on. So now all of a sudden I'm not at a, I'm not at a certain level to evaluate the quarterback? I'm a fucking no, best. I didn't say, I didn't say that. I did not say that. I did not say that. I just said, I just said, would you be mad at me if I came in and told you that your O line, D line evaluation is shit? You know more than me at that level. The whole fucking point of the entire conversation is to be different so we can debate it. Correct. Isn't it? Correct. That does. That does not mean, though, that this motherfuckers that are calling me out telling me I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about with quarterback play, I should just say, okay, you never played the position, you never coached it, and I'm gonna say, all right, you have, you have, your 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 validation is correct. I'm gonna go ahead and lean towards your opinion. Well, fuck no, I don't. It doesn't hold water with me. Sorry. You should, you, just, should, you should fight for what you believe. I'm simply saying that not every single person out there is an uneducated fucking asshole just because they don't agree with something you say. Yeah, I don't. I, I never said they're uneducated. What I'm saying is Charlie Weiss never played football and he coached in the NFL. Uh, Mike Leach never played football. He coached in the NFL. I never said that those guys were horrible, but I've had those debates as well as, okay, you're not going to be able to coach. If you never played that position, I don't believe you're ever going to get over the hump I don't believe you're ever going to get over the hump. Mike, Mike Leach revolutionized college football with the spread offense, bro. He never even played. That's what I just said. I just said he never played. But you're also saying that if you didn't play, your opinion isn't valid. No, I just said if he didn't, I said he's never got over the hump. No. I said I believe that the tangible situation with him in the locker room would have helped him even <sighs> become a better coach. That is what I said. So you think that Mike Leach was lesser of a coach because he didn't play? I believe he would have been a better coach if he played. Yes. So he was lesser of a coach because he didn't. Well, he never. What did he win? I, from a championship perspective, he didn't win anything. But 
That's my point, homie. That's what I'm saying. I, I think he would have been I a better coach. Nice fucking college football, dog. Like without Mike Leach, the spread offense isn't what it is. So, and he didn't even play. Yes, fucking really. And he didn't even play. You know, Matt. You know, you know how Mummy started this, right? And June Jones, right? I'm not saying, I'm not saying oh. he didn't, but Mike Leach revolutionized this offense, and you know, goddamn well he did. We I don't know if he revolutionized it, dog. I've been I've been around this thing a long time too. Uh, June Jones and Al Mummy, Al Mummy started the spread offense yeah, and was started running shooting in college football. They did, and then Mike Leach revolutionized it, took it to another level. Well, I, I I don't agree with you though. I don't agree with that. That's my point. I don't agree with it. I Mike think- Mike Leach didn't take the spread offense to another level, and somehow because he didn't play, he was lesser of a coach. That's what you're telling me right now. What level did he what did he take um, it to another level on? <laughs> no, I'm asking. I'm asking what did he do? Look, I played against Mike Leach's teams, and it was a fucking disaster trying to prepare for the spread offense. I get All it. of the, the screen game, the splits in the offensive line. Yeah, I get the, it. Revolutionizing the back out of the backfield and throwing Ricky Williams and his thousand yards receiving and everything else that they did, bro. Like Wes Welker on the slot, like the the it, it, he did so much what he did at Mississippi State before he passed. I mean, he's he, you can't say that just because he didn't play, he was less of a coach. He was an incredible football coach. I'm not saying he was an incredible coach, but I'm not I'm not gonna say he's he he never got over the hump though. He never won nothing. Like I saw well, Andre Ware did the same what, thing in Houston, is, bro. So is winning, hold on. So what is winning something? A national championship? Well, that that's what we play for, right? Of course it is, but we're talking about college football right now. So there's tons of college football coaches that are incredibly revered and incredibly successful at their colleges that never even sniffed a national title. I know, but you're not putting them on the same echelon as Nick Saban, are you? No, no, that's not what we're talking. I didn't, am I putting Mike Leach on the same echelon as Nick Saban? No. No, any of those people you just mentioned that never won a national title or has never won anything, it's been just a good coach. Like, mediocrity is a new excellence, I guess, though. So now good coaches are revolutionized coaches? Mike Leach was mediocre and and somehow? Well, he never won nothing. I'm just confused here. This is okay. Let, listen, time out. Time out. Let me be clear here. Let Mike me be clear. A fucking revolutionary coach. Let me be clear. Recruited a ton of new shit into the spread that never played, that had a totally unique perspective on how to lead his guys, that recruited differently, that led differently, that did everything differently. He is fucking so respected from the bottom to the top, from everybody in the game. I don't give a fuck if he never took a snap or not. That man has done did more for college football and what we see every Saturday than you're giving him credit for right now, regardless of who started the fucking spread offense. It, I mean, come on, man. It, okay. I, time I mean, out though. Come uh, on, man. You're not going to sit here and disrespect the pirate. Not in front of me. Okay. You take disrespect for the truth, dog. Like, oh, holy shit. Dog. There's a difference. You know, there's a difference, right? Uh, there's a difference, right? About Mike Leach right now, it seems extremely disrespectful to me about Mike Leach. Dog, you're calling him, you're saying he revolutionized football. I'm telling you, Andre Ware won the Heisman at Houston doing the same thing in 1990. Running gun, not the spread. Yeah. What do you think Mike Leach got it from, bro? What do you mean? He took the run and shoot. He took the run and shoot and went air raid, bro. 
Come on, don't talk to me about fucking coaches now. Like you say, you went from the running shoe. I got a few years on you now. I got a few years on you when it comes to the coaching world, dog. You're right, because I'm a fucking lineman. I can't have an opinion on a quarterback. Now you're now you're saying now you sound like a female, homie. Come on, dog. Now you're. I've I've been letting you talk the entire time and listening to your rationale. We've been going back and forth. I I agree. I agree with your rationale. but my opinion on the your rationale is not this is not agree. I'm not agree with it. And just that, because that's I'm just and I can I and the same way that you get fired up and you call people fuck boys, I can get fired up and say you're wrong about Mike Leach. No shit. I I want you, you to. I want you to do that. What I'm telling you is, I never said Mike Leach is shitty. I said Mike Leach has never got over the hump. That's the only argument this is. I said Mike Leach never got over the hump. Because well, in my opinion, he didn't somehow that lessens him. You Hold feel on, like let, let me talk, dog. Look, homie, we both can't talk because it fucking cuts us each other out and we don't even get anything in. What I'm telling you is if Mike Leach played in a locker room and bled and sweat next to another human playing the game and put on his pads and took them off, I said he would have escalated his career, in my opinion, if he had those intangible experiences. I said, of course he's a great coach. I love the shit out of Mike Leach. I've got to go clinic with him. I, he's a smart as fuck. He's a lawyer, got a Pepperdine law degree. He's not some dumb fuck. I never said that. What I said was, I would take the opinion of a dude who has tangible hands-on experience over a dude that doesn't. That is the complete, complete argument here. And you said this guy revolutionized football. And he's this, this, and this. And I just said, listen, you can say all that you want. All I'm telling you is, my opinion is, he could have been over the top as a coach if he would have played. That is the argument here. It's not a knock on you, on Leach, on nothing. He just never got over the hump. He never won what we equate as greatness. He's never won a natty. He's never won the big game. Like, he's never won a playoff game in the new era. Like, and that's my whole point to mediocrity is the new excellence. We're accepting these things from certain people, opinions, and they have never even touched a fucking ball. And I'm like, hold on, dog. I think he could have been better as a coach if he played. That is my argument to this. I wasn't knocking Mike Leach. So you either didn't listen to what I was saying or you just want to argue over nothing. I don't know. Uh, Okay, that's fair. All right, this is my point. I I just wanted to ask you this. I, I got a little insight, and I just wanted your opinion before we started this whole discussion. Uh, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid had a discussion from an inside source, and Andy said, "Listen, you want to you want to go on your own? You're going to be on the canoe with your own rows around sharks, and you'll never be able to come back. So if you do this, just know if you want to do this." Um, you're on your own. And EB was like, I got to do it. And so do you, do you like so, the fact that he's betting on himself? Because this is my take on it, Matt. This is my fight back against everybody on TV and ESPN and everybody else. You're, you, you're, you're anointing Lamar Jackson for going out and betting on himself, not getting an agent. And you're telling him he's betting on himself. He's the shit. Whoop-de-whoop. But Eric Bieniemy is being knocked for it. Eric Bieniemy, in my opinion, is betting on himself right now. And I'm like, fuck it. Let your nuts hang, dog. Go out there. Get away from Andy. Go do it. And if you ball out and do things, like, dog, 
Whitlock said yesterday, that's what got me hot too. He said, Whitlock, he'll be surprised if Whitlock gets the plays in under the play clock. I said, come on, homie, you're slapping him in the face now. Dog. The motherfucking coach. He fucking knows how to install offense. He can get a play in. Miss me with that narrative. I'm all for him dropping his nuts and going over and 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 winning this thing and getting a getting a head job if he does. If he gets a head job, if Nagy got a head job, then then the enemy needs to get one, in my opinion. So you know, like if if Andy Reid actually told Eric Bieniemy he can't come back, but he'll let Nagy come back, that's the most ridiculous. No, no, it, I don't. I don't think that. No, if, sorry to cut you off. I don't believe he he said it that way. He'll bring him back, I believe, as a position coach. I'm saying what he's what he's saying is to the public persona and the naysayers. You do realize once you leave this, you're never going to be looked at as the guy to come back and be the OC because you know, they're going to say, I called it. Andy Reid's offense. This is my baby. I've done designed it. You know what I mean? That's what he meant. He'll bring him back as a running back coach, I'm sure, any day of the week. What I'm, He wouldn't have kept him this long if he wouldn't have, right? Well, look, I, I think he'd be having to go prove himself as ridiculous like we talked about earlier. But I've also never seen a coach that has this much experience and multiple Super Bowl wins coaching one of the best players, if not the best player in the league over that span, get disrespected like this. Like all the other guys that were tootled, tootled, tootled under the great Andy Reid all get head jobs like this. And Eric doesn't because he's angry and black or something. I don't know, bro. I think it's fucking ridiculous. It's an absolute disrespect. So I, look, man, the... The Washington situation is what it is. They're a terrible franchise led by a fucking joke of an owner. Ron Rivera's got to be on his last leg there. They don't have a quarterback. So, <laughs> I mean, good luck, I guess, EB. Like, I hope you guys can run the fuck out of the ball. But I I, I don't know. Taylor Heineke going to be the guy? Are they going to be able to get one of these free agents to go to Washington? I don't know the answer to that question. So, if he doesn't have a quarterback – if he doesn't even have a quarterback that's a top 15 player that can be like standard, you know what I'm saying? Like just do the job. They're fucked. Cause I think their roster is good enough to be pretty good. If they had a quarterback, I mean, they're, they're always on the edge of the playoffs. It seems with guys that are extremely average, if not poor at the quarterback position, would you agree with that? Like Say that again, the last part quarterback for fucking ever. Say the last part again. They are always like the commanders, Redskins are always like the, you know, sniffing the fucking playoffs or getting in as the last wild card. Even this year, they were super competitive until the end of the season because they have really good skill players and they have good offensive linemen to a point and their defense is outstanding. All right. To answer your question, look at this graphic. Look at this graphic. I want you to see this graphic right here. Most starting quarterback since 18. There you go. So I'm just saying it's it's a bad it, bad place to go. It's it's kind of a perfect segue. Uh I, I know you gotta get out of here in a second. Hold on, I wanted I wanted to bring uh fuck dude. I wanted to I, I'm on a laptop out here, so I'm all fucked up out here, man. Um I wanna bring Chase in with you for one second and then get you guys opinion. Chase, what up, man? What's good? How you doing? Good. I appreciate you coming in for a minute. Before Matt gets out of here, I want to ask you something. I want to ask Matt's opinion. The Niners, uh, Purdy, uh, swelling has uh, slowed down the surgery. Matt, I want to ask you before you leave. The 49ers got a very situ- a very precarious situation. Uh, if 
there's no way Purdy's ready for game one, in my opinion, to be the guy. You can't put all your eggs in one basket, in my opinion. Now you got a Trey Lance guy who's injury prone. Do the Niners make a spiel at someone in free agency, which basically started today, uh, or do they draft now and get into the draft uh, scenario? Because you know, as I know, Trent's getting older, and uh, Ken Law's not being re-signed. They're losing pieces already, just like we know every team's going to do. Uh, what do they do at quarterback on a supposedly loaded roster? Um, look, if I'm Shanahan and Lynch, I am picking up the phone and calling Tom Brady and begging him to come to San Francisco, number one. And if that doesn't happen, they've got to be in the quarterback market. Purdy needs to have the Tommy John surgery and get healthy and sit the year. Like he's not going to play, bro. That's the UCL on a quarterback. It ain't happening. So rushing back from that would be detrimental to his future career. So I wouldn't even play if I were him. Uh, you know, Trey Lance, I, opportunity has come up again. You know, you might end up being the starter there. So you might want to figure out if you can play or not. Garoppolo, I know that they don't want him back, but I would not be surprised at all. If all of this shit happens and he's just sitting out there and they're like, fuck it, we're just going to bring him back for a year. But Shanahan's doubled down. Shanahan keeps saying he's gone every year. He said that last year, too. And when shit hits the fan and you don't have a quarterback and he's just sitting there, they're going to bring him back. So I I don't know. The San Francisco quarterback situation is interesting. And just I look at that franchise and go, if they would have had consistent quarterback play from 2010 until now, if they wouldn't have had Alex Smith and Kaepernick and all these other cats that were just average, how many fucking Super Bowls would they have, bro? Like they are, their their roster is just so loaded all the time, but they cannot figure this position out after having two of the best players at that position in history. So Chase, Chase covers the Niners uh, in specific. Chase, uh, what's your take? Yeah, look, I don't see there's any way in which Brock Purdy is. Lost you, Chase. Lost your voice. Touche. I don't. I don't see any way. You got me now. Yeah. I don't see any way in which Brock Purdy is ready week one. I just don't. Now, first, it was going to be a stretch for him to be available week one because he was getting this internal brace in his elbow, and it wasn't going to be a full construction on Tommy John. And now we're delaying the surgery until some point in March. So already you're delaying the timeline and for him to be ready for week one when everything was going well was already going to be risky. And for him in his NFL career, I thought Matt made a good point. Why would he risk the future of his playing career by potentially re-injuring that elbow And I think that it's best for him, honestly, to maybe just get the full reconstruction, sit out this year so that he can try to fulfill his potential in 2024 as compared to 2023. As for Trey Lance, look, he continues to have these opportunities to win the job. He had it as a rookie. Jimmy Garoppolo beat him out. He had it last year. He was the starter. He played a game and change, got hurt in week two. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, he gets injured, Brock Purdy played really well, and now Trey Lance is going to have all of the snaps, all of the reps and OTAs, as well as in training camp, to prove why the 49ers moved up to take him number three a couple of years ago. And if he doesn't win the job, that is on him. It is his opportunity to shine and prove that he can be the guy. Now, what are the 49ers going to do with that quarterback spot? Are they confident in Lance? 
His accuracy has been way too inconsistent. I'm intrigued by the athletic profile. He's 6'4", 225 with a good arm. But the 49ers have been underwhelmed with his athleticism or lack thereof in free agency. Do you now make a call to Derek Carr? and ask him to be the guy. Frankly, I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo than Derek Carr. Do you make a call to Tom Brady and say, please, come back to NorCal, where you grew up idolizing Joe Montana as a Niner fan. You were at Candlestick for the catch. Give it one more go. We have Trent Williams anchoring the offensive line on your blind side. We have weapons all over the place. We have Christian McCaffrey. This defense is going to be great once again. Or do you go after a guy like Jacoby Brissett, a Taylor Heineke, or some of those middle-of-the-road quarterbacks? Frankly, I don't like those options because no. I don't think that they're very good. And then in the draft, Stetson Bennett, Jake Hayner, Clayton Toon, and Tanner McKee. Those are the guys who you might be able to get mid to late rounds. But with the team oh. with the Super Bowl window, that doesn't fit the timeline here. No, I agree. Uh, yeah. Hey, let, me, let me ask you this, though, before Matt leaves. I got to ask you guys this. You know why Purdy wants to play? Because it's, we live in a what have you done for me lately business. For and sure. If he sits out a year, Matt, as you know better than anyone, Matt, they'll forget that motherfucker. He didn't win the Super Bowl. He lost. Well, not as a quarterback. If he comes back healthy and plays well, he'll be fine. But I, in my opinion, the draft, there's going to be new drafted kids. There's going to be new of kids. We're, That's we're gonna, every year. Yeah, I'm just saying we're going to be forgetting about this dude eventually, especially if somebody like Trey Lance comes in and does anything decent. Now Purdy's on the back burner and nobody knows him. Now he's going to be a bad capital. I think it'll be the other way. I think if he sits out all year, it'll be, I can't wait to until he comes back healthy. Look what he did. You know, I think people will be excited about it. So, all right, boys, I'm out of here. I got to go. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in there and teach you how to fucking run the weight room, motherfucker. <laughs> good, good luck. <laughs> Later. Later. Chase, what up? Hey, what's good? Happy belated birthday. Oh, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. My fucking dog's sitting out here eating my fucking chair right now, right under me. I didn't even realize it. Um, What's going on, man? I got a... So... I want to get into all this shit. Um, I got these. I got these pictures. I want to show you real quick. God damn it! I'm all fucked up on this laptop now. Um, let me pull up this thing. I want to get into this with you real quick. Um, I agree with this middle tier guy. This this 33rd team guy. I don't know if you follow him. Uh, he said the complicated part with the quarterback like Daniel Jones is there's no middle tier to pay quarterbacks. I wanted to get into this, uh, what you think, since we have this this new uh, this new situation happening. So explain the difference between the two tags to the common folk out here and myself. There's a difference between what? They can tag Lamar Jackson, for instance, at $45 million dollars. That means no team can talk to him whatsoever, and they can tag him this year. They can tag him next year, but you're basically going to pay him $100 million without giving him a contract. And if you don't put him on the premier tag, then he's going to be, you can pay him about $23 million, but other teams can poach you. So what is going on in the landscape of quarterbacks right now? Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, you have all these guys out here. Daniel Jones, I've given him so many credit, so much credit, so much props. He better not ever come around asking for no $45 million. It just it blows my mind. And especially when you have Jalen Hurts, who just went to a Super Bowl and could have arguably won the Super Bowl MVP. 
uh, had the year that he had, and he's still up for arms uh, up in the air on what he's going to get. Uh, I don't know how a guy that went 0 3 versus that guy is asking for Aaron Rodgers' money. Yeah, look, I don't knock guys for trying to get their bread, and I'll never do that, right? Because that's what all of us do in corporate America. We want our worth to be valued, and we want to get compensated the way that we feel as though we should get compensated. And the going rate for elite quarterbacks is between 40 and $50 million. The problem is that there is such a large gap between the top quarterbacks in the NFL Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. I think you can enter Jalen Hurts into that conversation to that next tier. Those top five guys, in no particular order, by the way, I'm just reeling off the top five guys, in my opinion, with how the season ended, are worthy of 40 to 45 to $50 million. But after that, there's such a large drop-off between those quarterbacks and the Derek Carrs of the world and the Daniel Joneses of the world. And maybe Lamar Jackson is on the cusp of being one of those quarterbacks who can get highly compensated. But for Daniel Jones to be serious about $40, $45 million, it's blasphemous. And I would never pay that if I'm the New York Giants. At the same time, though, I feel like this is classic negotiating tactics. You enter the negotiating room with the high price tag, and then you come down from there. If it's $30, $35 million with Brian Dable, and you either front load the contract so that at the end of it, you're not paying him that much, or there's a contract out, a contract restructure, or at some point you can free yourselves of that contract, then it's up to the general manager in the front office to negotiate with that in mind. Now, if you pay a quarterback big-time money, you're not going to be screwed at the tail end because we saw that with Howie Roseman and Carson Wentz. They paid him all that money, and everybody said once he shit the bed and pissed down his leg and it became clear that he wasn't the same quarterback, everybody said the Eagles were going to be screwed for the next five years. And everybody said that when Carson Wentz was on the team as the starter, and the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, that that selection never made any sense. Well, here they are a couple of years later. Hurts is drafted in 2020, and in the 2022 season, they're playing in the Super Bowl with the quarterback on his rookie contract, and they were able to free themselves of that Carson Wentz deal. Now, they were able to do that because Howie Roseman is a genius when it comes down to the financials of working the books as a general manager. And there's a reason he's separated himself from other general managers in that regard. But this is the going rate for quarterbacks in today's NFL. Keep in mind, too, that once a Burrow, a Herbert, a Hertz get paid this offseason, the market is going to reset. But those contracts might look bad at the time. But also keep in mind that the NFL salary cap is going to continue to rise, which means that the market is going to continue to get reset. So if you pay Hertz, let's say $35, $40 million in a couple of years, that honestly might not be all that bad if he continues to develop. But for a guy like Daniel Jones, look, there's a clear difference too between Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones. And the franchise tag, it's kind of a cop-out, right? That means that you don't have a lot of confidence in that quarterback in the future. If that was the case and you had confidence, then you'd sign them to a long-term contract. Instead, you're playing on a year-by-year -year basis at that point. So my, there's my thing, though. Like, 
how are they going to build Ross? I, I just see mediocrity coming to our near future in the NFL. I'm just telling you right now because of this fact. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the next high-paid guy that's sitting around out here that no, that no one realizes, okay, in two years, you're going to have to pay this dude $300 million. And what does that do to the roster around him, Chase? Like, I, I'm just like, what is it going to do to the roster around um, Herbert when he gets his deal or Josh Allen or whoever else is next? Their rosters are very, very much in front of our fair face, deteriorating. And you have, now have a lot of average football because you have a lot of average rosters because we're paying quarterbacks at an all-time high. And the Arizona Cardinals are going to fill it very, very much this year and the next few years with the Kyler Murray deal. The Browns are going to fill it with Deshaun Watson. If they don't get an ROI, they don't get a return on investment deal in, in Cleveland, they're fucked. And I'm just seeing this thing that no one else is bringing up and talking about. It's going to implode the NFL as a whole with huge salaries for Qs. And then you got a guy like Saquon Barkley who wants no less than 12.5. And now you're going to probably let him walk. So I'm I'm confused as to what you – I'm not confused. I want to know what you think on that rationale and how the NFL sustains its greatness and 118 million views in the Super Bowl – when the NFL regular season is going to continue to kind of dwindle down as far as overall talent, because we're going to be so watered down based on the quarterback salary that we're not going to be the guy to say, okay, we can win with Cooper Rush and build this roster up. We can win with Justin Fields. Let's draft number one and use that pick and go get a left tackle or a big time number one wide out. And let's just, let's just know fan base in Chicago. This is a three-year deal now. We're three years out away from being a playoff team, but we're going to build this roster the right way. Instead of, let's draft another quarterback in Houston. Let's do this shit all over. We'll fire a coach again in a year because we won't build the roster. Yeah. So for this particular case study, I don't think you look any further than the Dallas Cowboys. When Dak Prescott was on his rookie deal, they had the best offensive line in football. They could afford to have... Amari Cooper, and a couple of legit wide receivers. At that tight end spot, they were pretty good. They had a good defensive line, good linebacking core, good defensive backs. But as soon as you pay Dak Prescott all that money, and to me, Dak Prescott needs help around him, what happens? Your roster becomes diluted, and because of that, the Cowboys have struggled to consistently make deep runs in the playoffs and be this all-around football team that can be deemed and considered a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And you look at the last couple of Super Bowls, right? Like Jalen Hurts on his rookie contract, Joe Burrow on his rookie contract. When the Eagles won it in 2017, Carson Wentz was on his rookie contract. Nick Foles was a backup. So I think a lot of general managers are seeing right now, look, uh, we can get away with loading up the roster, having a good quarterback on their rookie deal, but once they get paid, the roster really does get watered down. And I do think that that's a little bit of a problem in the NFL. And this is why I do give respect to Patrick Mahomes, and I understand you're not a great Mahomes guy. You're not high on him all that much. You think mediocrity is the new excellence. But I will say this. 
Does Patrick hey, to my Mahomes, fairness, though, I do have a number one returning out of top my top ten. I got you. Quarterbacks, I got them at one. But I, I always kind of make this comparison, right? I look at a quarter, a franchise quarterback. If you have a great owner, Patrick Mahomes does with the Hunt family. If you have a great general manager, Patrick Mahomes does with Brett Veach. Arguably the best offensive mind in the history of football at the head coaching spot in Andy Reid. That is a stable foundation. You have building blocks and you have pillars where you know Patrick Mahomes is always going to be supported. And I kind of compare quarterback situations like that to children growing up, right? If a kid is in a household with parents who are never there, who never offer any type of emotional, physical support, who never give that kid any structure or stability, what's going to happen to that kid? Most likely, they're not going to be all that successful in right in life. Quarterbacks need that stability as well. But for Patrick Mahomes as well, they trade away Tyree Kill because they're paying Patrick Mahomes so much. And what does he do? He's actually able to elevate that roster. And while the Chiefs lost that vertical threat in Tyree Kill and didn't really have a vertical element to their offense, they didn't really miss a beat, and that offense was still as good as ever, if not more efficient but less explosive without Tyree Kill because Patrick Mahomes does things that a lot of quarterbacks can't, and the dude is pretty special. But also at the same time, he has structure. He has stability. He has building blocks within that franchise. But also at the same time, he's a really good player. So these rosters are going to get diluted. It's up to the general manager to really – build that roster in a smart way. This is why I have confidence in the Eagles because Howie Roseman is so smart with how he does contracts, but there's no question. The Eagles blew a great opportunity in blowing the Super Bowl because their roster is never going to be as deep and talented, loaded with premier talent like they were this year. And that was part of the reason why you know they blew that opportunity and they let it go by the wayside is because Jalen Hurts is going to get paid and the roster is not going to be the same. All right, before, you got, I got you for a few minutes. I want to get into this real quick. Yeah. All right, so here's some tags. Lamar Jackson, this is estimate. All right, these are estimated by some NFLPA guys. 30, 306 mil over six years. Does he even come close? And just let's go through these real quick. You see that at th six years, 306 estimation. Derek Carr, four years, 154 to me is way too high. Yeah. Javon Hargrave, Bears, three years, 59 mil. Deron Payne, Commanders. They just tagged him, I think, yesterday, didn't they? Yeah. So, <clears throat> okay, they tagged him. Orlando Brown Jr., the Chiefs just tagged. Geno Smith, they just tagged him. Um, And you go down these lists here, and I'm looking at – Barkley, so are you going to tag Daniel Jones or are you going to tag Barkley? I'm confused on that one. Josh Jacobs, Gardner Johnson for your Eagles. Uh, they got a four, I think he got a four-year 57 mil deal. And then this this is continuing here. Uh, James Bradbury with the Raiders. Jimmy G, does he get two years 73 mil? Uh, I think that's a little bit lofty. I'd go 2025, 20, maybe 30 for Jimmy Garoppolo on an average annual value. Here's the thing with Lamar Jackson, going back to your initial question. If the Ravens don't pay him that, I think another team will. 
a Miami Dolphins, an Atlanta Falcons, a team that is starved and desperate for a quarterback, if the Ravens don't want to pay that, I think another team will. And I don't think that $306 million is all that crazy. Really? Yeah. Man, I don't – oh, shit. I I don't think he's going to be a Raven, and that's my next point. Um, Munkin came out and said, I don't care if he holds out. And he is basically – I'm like, damn, Harbaugh gave him a lot of autonomy. He's came out and said, I don't care if 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 Lamar holds out, if he's not here for camp, we're gonna go full go. And he came out and basically gave his offensive philosophy and all these different things. Um this is the draft order, and I'm just I'm just trying to compare these real quick. Chicago has one, Houston has two, we know. Seattle's very interesting at five because they can still take a QB. Yeah. Um do you see any of these teams making a move to trade for somebody based on what's happening out here with these quarterbacks like Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, Tannehill, no one's talking about, is still out there. Right. Um, you got these quarterbacks that are sitting around out here. Does something happen before the draft that makes some of these guys totally give up two number ones or three number ones? Three number ones, Deshaun Watson was giving up for Chase. Three number ones, nobody's talking about. I don't know how you can get Lamar Jackson for just two number ones and less money. Lamar Jackson's going to feel slighted. You got less money than a guy who's got a horrible background, and he got three number ones for it. Do, do you give up three number ones for Lamar Jackson? Um, if you're somebody out there, you think – He'll get the money. Do you, the, will he get the picks and get rid of them? Yeah. So that's that's obviously lofty. And if I'm like taking over a franchise as a general manager, a head coach, I'm trying to get that rookie quarterback by all means. And I'm trying to move up to draft Bryce Young, maybe CJ Stroud, because I know that by drafting them in the first round, you have five years of team control with four years on the rookie contract and a fifth-year option if everything works out. That's five years to maximize that player being on that rookie deal where you're paying him a fraction of the price of what you're paying some of these elite quarterbacks. I personally wouldn't trade three first-round picks for Lamar Jackson, but I'm guaranteeing you there's a team out there that's going to be desperate. A team like the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Smith might be feeling the heat. He's the former OC with the Tennessee Titans. Does he try to link back up with Ryan Tannehill? And in the process, there's a trade there between Atlanta and Tennessee. There's something that could happen there. What happens with the Chicago Bears? Personally, if the evaluation comes down to Bryce Young being better than Justin Fields, I am drafting Bryce Young and I am trading Justin Fields. Point blank period. That's really what it comes down to for me. Justin Fields is entering year three. As a pure passer in this league, he's really struggled. And... Going into year three, that means that I have two to three more years of him being on that rookie contract. Whereas if I reset and go Bryce Young, not only do I think he's the better quarterback, that's five years of team control as compared to just a couple for Justin Fields. So I think the Bears, if they end up trading out of number one, that wouldn't surprise me. If they end up taking Bryce Young there, that doesn't surprise me. Then, knowing that a quarterback is off the board, does another team try to catapult up? To get that quarterback, a Colts who's desperate, or another team in that top 10. All right, two things before you get out of here. Tua, do they tag him or do they try to sign Tua? And do does Miami get intrigued with either A, Aaron Rodgers, B, Lamar Jackson? 
in Miami. I can see those two actually being a feasible uh, fit. And I'll let you answer both of these. I know you got to get out of here. The Tua situation, and I know you're in Dallas. Rumors that came around trending yesterday on social media. Dallas talking CJ Stroud. What is your information on that? Yeah, so with Dallas, do they, and I saw somebody talking about this. I think it was Nick Wright. Does Dallas call up Houston and they say, hey, we'll trade you Dak Prescott for that number one pick, and then we can take our guy in CJ Stroud. Dak Prescott hasn't really done much in terms of winning big games throughout his entire NFL career. But Houston, going back to that conversation about teams who are starved for a quarterback, do they look at Dak Prescott as a guy who, my goodness, we haven't won in a long time? With Dak, we know that we can win 9, 10, 11 games per year, get back into the playoffs in kind of a weak division and be a player every single year. As for the Dolphins, I'm not going to buy into them being tied to Tua and locked in on Tua for the next three to five years. Why? Because the injury concerns have been there since Alabama. He's been brittle and broken down at the NFL level. And when it comes to going up against elite teams and defenses and playing in cold weather, what has Tua Tungavailoa ever showed me at the NFL level to tell me that he could be a franchise guy? And with the concussion stuff, it is business malpractice if you're going to tie yourself to him for the next couple of years and give him a long-term contract extension, knowing that one more hit to his head, sadly, that might be it for two at the NFL level. I'm not buying into them being tied to two. I think that they're quarterback hunting under the radar right now. Yeah, I agree. I like both of those takes. Uh, interesting. Uh, that means that the Dak Prescott thing is probably uh... – probably the 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 most interesting right now because that means cowboys have said you know what enough is enough we need to win games we've already lived in the tony romo era we, we want to get back to troy aikman era and and it and we got to get to somebody that we think could get us over the hump i think they'll take a step back uh by getting a rookie in there though uh you know me i don't believe in the rookie still uh, i don't believe in the rookie deal as a as a as a guy coming in and replacing somebody that's why i think purdy was such an anomaly doing what he did with a great roster I, I believe there's only a few teams like that that can survive or sustain a rookie qb uh how many loaded rosters are out there that can sustain a rookie qb leading them to the promised land like how many rosters really are there uh frisco's one May I don't even know if I put the Jets in there uh, yet because they have failed to know how to win yet since Joe Namath. Uh, Miami, are they one? I don't know. And I don't think Dallas, albeit great on defense, I think they have a few weapons. I don't think they have enough weapons on offense on the perimeter to take a rookie and win with, especially with the Pollard and Zeke situation up in the air. Uh, I don't know what they do. So there's a lot of questions out there. Um, it's going to be an interesting offseason. Um, as, as you leave here, explain to me, because I'm not very familiar, what's going on with this, what is it, two weeks from now, you have to tag somebody? Uh, the window opened yesterday, and I believe there's two weeks to do that up until NFL free agency. And last thought here. On the Cowboys, we know that Jerry Jones is pretty impulsive, right? 
And he's seen Dak Prescott on a rookie contract lead them to the most success that they've had over the last five to 10 years as a franchise. Also, is he looking at the Eagles right now? And he's like, Jalen Hurts just led them to a Super Bowl with a really good roster on his rookie contract. We need our guy to follow that same model. We know that he's desperate to win. That could happen as well. Man, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, it's going to be interesting, man. I don't I don't know. I don't know if Chicago's going to drop their nuts and go with it. Uh, you got guys like uh, Jared Payton, who's on the show, on my show quite You know, I've had him on a few times. And uh, Walter Payton's son, heart of Chicago, he's like, we're sticking with uh, him. He works there in the media. He's like, we're sticking with him. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that we're not getting rid of him. And I'm pretty confident we're not drafting the quarterback. So if that's the case and Chicago sticks to those guns, then you're sticking with Justin Fields and you're going to have to build that roster. And he needs wideouts in a bad way and he needs O-line in a bad way and they need defensive help. So there's a roster that needs a lot of help. So I don't know. Interesting. Uh, Appreciate you. What you got going the rest of the week? Yeah, just daily content on our Eagles channel, Philadelphia Eagles Now, and the 49ers report. Um, I'm about to talk about Brock Purdy's injury on the 49ers report, so that video will probably be out by about 12 o'clock Eastern, 9 a.m. on the West Coast. So keep it locked to that. Eagles Now and the 49ers report, and then everything that we do here at Chat Sports. Man, follow Chase. Make sure you follow him on all social medias and his show. He does a hell of a job. Appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, I'll see you uh, in a week. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Peace. All right, Chase. Appreciate you. All right. Later. Uh, appreciate Chase joining in. Uh, appreciate Matt joining in. Um, I see the chat going crazy uh, with the Matt uh, coming on. Dog, me and Matt, Matt and I will never agree we will agree. We will agree. But we're never going to give you the fluff. We're going to give you the real. And I'm not like a bitch made cat. I'm not going. Somebody said, JB's going to can't hang up. No, I'm not. I'm going to let the motherfucker talk. I'm going to actually let him talk and speak his mind. And disagreements create great conversation. And I'm here in this beautiful cigar lounge, chilling. I'm relaxed, smoking a stick. I texted Matt. I'm like, Fuck you. I couldn't go off on your ass because I'm fucking chilling right now. I'm in a relaxed state of mind. Uh, Go back and watch the show if you haven't already. Uh, Love Matt's takes always. Uh, I don't agree with them. I I don't believe I could go in there and and be better in the weight room than he is. And and I wouldn't want Matt to take my opinion on the weight room. So I think you have to have some fucking experience in the weight room to comment about it. Just like I think that having played would escalate charlie weiss who's never won as a head coach mike leach who's never won as a head coach certain people that have never got over the proverbial hump because of lack of hands-on experience you could not agree with me i don't give a fuck. that's my opinion that is my personal experience so if you can't if you can't have hands-on experience then I don't think your word is as great as the person with experience's word is. And if you want to equate it to NBA, I give my NBA opinion on who I think's the greatest. I never said that my word is bond in the NBA. I didn't play in the fucking NBA. I didn't play basketball beyond high school. But that doesn't mean that I can't talk about basketball. 
Now, for a dude that's never played anything beyond youth sports or high school football, and if you can't answer a question that I ask, I'm not taking your opinion very seriously. So professionally speaking, eloquently put, that is my take, and I'm sticking to it, and that is what it is. So I don't know. I think Matt thinks that way in a, in a lot of ways, too. But uh, love his take. Love his uh, banter. Uh, can't wait to see the free agency unfold. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see what it, what it is. We'll see how it goes. Um, how do I know the Tiedemans? Shit. I, I know. What Tiedemans are you talking about? You better be able to argue with your friends. You better be able to check your friends too. Matt could check me and I'll listen. And I and I and I think if I check Matt, he'll listen. I don't believe you if you can't if you aren't checking your partners and your boys and your homies and letting them know you're wrong or you're right, then you're not a true friend, dog. I'm just gonna be real with you. So if you think I'm gonna sit here and let somebody say something that's wrong, even though he's my boy, you you got me fucked up. I'm always going to correct you and tell you, hey, dog, you're wrong. You're out of pocket, etc." And I expect you to do the same with me. And if I'm wrong, I will admit it. I'm not going to apologize for my thoughts and my opinions. But if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. Um, appreciate all you guys in here. Uh, man, I was going to fucking ask that to Chase too, Travis. I was going to ask Chase that question. Um um, but instead, I'm going to ask you, Travis, I'm going to ask you the question. What's the difference between a three technique and a four eye? <laughs> See, I don't want to fuck with you. Let me stop. Uh, hey, man, it's already 840. I didn't know the show went by like that. We're going to be right here in the Slapstick Cigar Lounge the rest of the week. Tomorrow, Thursday, Last Chance Q will be back. Sean Salisbury and I will do a show. Uh, we're waiting. We're going to get some XFL film. We're going to start showing some XFL film in the offseason. Uh, we'll start showing some XFL film right here, too. Pound that like button for me. Hit the like button. Subscribe if you're not. Become a member if you're not. Join the Discord, Slap Nation. If you're not a, already a member uh, to the Slap Nation Discord, you can come in and chat with us. And uh, one thing about me, dog, <clears throat> there's no bitch in my blood. I'll never hang up on a motherfucker that I invited on my show. I'll, hang, I'll, I'll delete a co-host <laughs> that brings no value. But I'll never hang up on a person that I invited on my show unless you're a troll bitch made cat who wants to just come on for clout and re-like and retweets. No, I'll delete your bitch ass. But other than that, it's been a fun one. I appreciate everybody coming on in. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, Matt, you just you sound like a dumb fuck. You sound like an absolute dumb fuck. Let's let's dive into your resume, homie. See, I actually made it and got a paycheck playing professionally. What have you done? Please ex please expand. Please let us all know. You want to question me so bad? You're on my show, Dick Ryder. I'm not on yours. 
fucking dick riders, man. I love them. You never were an all pro. You know what? I've had 40 all pros play, though. <laughs> what have you done? Nothing but ride dicks. Mr. Ride Dick a lot. You should make a new song, motherfucker. Instead of Sir Mix a lot, you should be Sir Dick a lot. That should be your name. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate everybody. Love y'all. I'll see you guys tomorrow. And uh, it's been a good one. Appreciate you. Pound the like button. Peace.